This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Citizens, welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that's back. We're back, baby. We are back, baby. We're, we're back home. We are homecoming, in fact. We've returned. Of the Spider-Man variety. To home. Directed From by- 2017? Edgar Wright. Oh, damn. Force of habit that's at this point. understandable. <laughs> Directed by formerly famous director, now the John Watts. It is the John Watts. Yeah. I'm very grateful- to not be talking about an Edgar Wright movie. As much as I love them, yeah. I'm Edgar Wrighted out, for sure. I'm kind of jonesing to watch Scott Pilgrim, if I'm being honest. I don't know how. At this <laughs> point. I'm good for a little while. It's funny, because even in the midst of that whole month, the game dropped too, so it was just a lot of Edgar Wright. It was so much. It was so too much, probably. Probably. And I never got a Cornetto, damn it. Uh, it's so They're so hard to find. I know. Oh, well. I know. We're back in the MCU. That's what matters most. That is what matters most. None of this stuff's pre-recorded anymore. We are fully back. We're back. We took a break. Here we are. Happy 2021 for real now. We're doing it live. That's right. Spider-Man Homecoming 2017. It's another entry into the Spider-Man movies. It is. Another. It's, they're like, hey, reboot me a Spider-Man. Do it, please. And Sony's like, uh, Marvel Studios, we need help. And Marvel Studios was like, happily. Uh, it was sort of like that. <laughs> kind of. Because Sony definitely had this thing under their lid. And as Civil War was ramping up into pre-production, Marvel and Sony are still having their back and forth about it. Sony obviously knows that they have such a valuable character in oh, Spider-Man. And Marvel wanted to take them to fucking the bank yeah. with this. Because you had Ike Perlmutter's like, we want 50%. And Sony's like, <laughs> no, no, no. You already sold us this. It's e ours. Exactly. Gonna, yeah. And I think they wanted to give like Sony 5% or something nuts, just like a licensing fee for the character, if you will. I, I'm pretty sure that's what I read from Amy Pascal, with, who was with Sony at the time. Like it was nothing that they wanted to bring him into Civil War. And it just didn't work out. Like nothing about this working out. There were obviously rumors flying all over the place. And then the Sony hack happened. Yeah. And word got out that there was possible pre-production on another Spider-Man movie. That was going to reboot it and reboot it into the MCU. And when word got out about that, the fans went nuts. People lost their minds. They lost their damn minds over this. And now it's here. And then it and happened. And it's because the fans got on this and Sony went, you know what? We definitely have something here. We can use some of that Marvel money. Yada, yada. So realistically, we have North Korea to thank for Spider-Man being in the MCU. Weird. It is a little weird. It's very it? weird. <laughs> Don't say they never did anything good for you. Oh, dirty. It, it hurts. Dirty. It hurts, but not entirely incorrect. So that's, I think, the best jumping off point to get into it. I guess so. Because now I'm at a real big low or high. I don't know. Yeah, you're at a weird. Because Spider-Man's here. He's here. I'm happy about it. But North Korea got him here due to their hacking skills. Man, I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. That's the right move. Let's get into it. We begin 
as we always do with, hold on, I need to address something. Okay. We've been pronouncing this name wrong since episode four, and we need to fix it. What was episode four? The Incredibles. Okay. It's Michael Giacchino. Yeah, Giacchino. It's Giacchino. Um, it's actually, he has a pronunciation written in his Twitter bio, I found out today. And I just followed your lead. Oh, blame it on me. <laughs> sure. Play the tape back. I don't know which of us said it first. I don't know. It sounded right. There was a fucking in the middle. He doesn't have that in his pronunciation thing on Twitter. No, that's because it's the pronunciation says my last name is pronounced Giacchino. I have a real last name. Yeah. Don't have a fancy Hollywood last name like that. I'm not trying to order you at Starbucks. <laughs> Although. It'd be delicious. Anyway, we begin as we always do. <laughs> With that sweet, sweet Giacchino orchestral remix to the 60s Spider-Man theme. It is amazing. Just hearing it, even now, hearing it, takes me right back to sitting in that seat opening night and the smile it brought to my face when it first hit. I was like, oh, you know what? If you're going to take out that Marvel Studios, whatever it is. The fanfare? Fanfare. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. That's the way to do it. I agree. Completely agree. And it immediately, I'm like, I'm back in it. I'm like, oh, this is just like opening night again. I didn't see it. In theaters. Really? Yeah. First time I saw it was once it came onto Blu-ray. I must have been sitting next to That's Just Kevin then. Probably. Sorry. Gets handsy in the theater. He does. You really got to watch out. Everything's a popcorn bucket to him. (laughs) We open in New York City right after the Avengers battled the Chitauri and, and, you know, the Avengers. Right, right. Salvage worker Adrian Toomes, played by Michael fucking Keaton. He is back. He's lost the cowl. He has. And a lot of hair. But here he is. Quite a bit of hair. (laughs) He and his crew are tasked with taking apart the Chitauri Leviathan, and members of the newly formed U.S. Department of Damage Control arrive and order Tombs to shut down his operation and add that they'll be confiscating all of his findings. Right. I really like how this is all set up, and it gives Tombs kind of his motivation for this thing. Because he says, the guys who made the mess are getting paid to clean it up. Like, that's kind of bullshit. And he's not wrong at all there. No, because Tony Stark is the one who set up this damage control department. Wasn't damage control supposed to be a show? Damage control at one point was supposed to be a show. I've never wanted it more than after seeing this. Yeah. Can you imagine like a workplace comedy of damage control or something like that? Oh, it's phenomenal. I would love that. Be great. Be great. That was the original plan, too. It was going to be an ABC half hour comedy sitcom. Ugh. Missed opportunity. For real. Eight years later. Toombs and his guys are still at it, using his custom-made vulture wingsuit to collect technological wonders from the aftermath of Avengers fights around the world. What do you think of the vulture look? It's pretty badass. I love it. I love that bomber jacket with the with the fur. Oh, it's very, it very smart and the good. the perfect job of evoking that comic book costume Absolutely. look. It's so good. Vulture's kind of a goofy-looking comic book character. Yeah. And that was a bit of a fear going into this of, like, how do we pull this off? Bomber jacket. Bam. That was easy. They were like, oh, we'll just make him look like he's right at a top gun. Yeah. Nailed it. Meanwhile, Peter Parker, played by Tom fucking Holland, because just about everybody in this movie has a middle name. Yeah. Um, We might find one or two that don't. Yeah, no, we're getting there. Okay. Fair enough. Peter Parker is recording a video log as he travels to Berlin with Happy Hogan, played by John regular Favreau. Is that the one you're not going to give him? No, actually, John Favreau is very good as an actor. Yeah, he is. I was going to say, I love seeing him in this movie. Yeah, he says something. He's very good. John fucking Favreau. Better. It's just fun to pick on him. We do it often. <laughs> and it's out of respect? Yeah. Mostly? Mostly. 
<laughs> Most days it's out of respect. Unless we are Favreau saluting an actual Favreau movie, it's out of respect. That's a very good point. Yeah. So Peter Parker is traveling to Berlin with Happy during the events of Civil War, and he's recording it all on his video log. Happy gives Peter the new Spider-Man suit that Stark made for him, and he later records his fight alongside Team Iron Man during the airport fight against Captain America and the other Avengers. I love how it's kind of like a behind-the-fight type thing in a way, because you see the camera angle yeah. is very off, and I, I love that. I, I wish we got more of that type of thing. I like that it's overlapping the way the MCU always does, but showing us it different. Right. Once. It's nice. They're not just reusing footage, the cheapskates. Yeah, you cheap bastards. Everybody knows Marvel Studios not spending a lot of money on these movies. No, no, they really nickel and dime it. <laughs> I like it. He sees Black Panther and he's like, who's that new guy? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's very good. After the fight, Tony brings Peter home in his limo, leaving him with the upgraded suit and eager for the next mission. He can't wait for the next mission. He keeps reminding us. He's very excited very. about his next mission. Yeah. Two months later, Peter is still waiting to hear back from Happy about that new mission. Right. He's getting very bored of being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, he's gone back to being like a normal student at Midtown High School, doing normal high school stuff, like pining over Liz, played by Laura Harrier, making plans to build a Lego Death Star with his best friend Ned. Played I want to by... do that. I want to do it badly. I want to build- How many pieces did he say it was? 3,000 something. It's a lot. You got to figure it makes it a $400 Death Star. I was going to say, it's a very expensive yeah. Lego set. I want it so badly. Okay. I'm in that place in my life right now where I, I love doing Lego sets because it's like cathartic almost. Oh, yeah. Just following the directions, putting them together, getting that stuff. Oh, Legos snap are awesome. The system. But then I don't know where I'd put the thing. Yeah. Because my kids are just going to be like, oh, Star Wars. And then they're going to drop kick it or me... something. I don't know. Yeah. I want to play with the Legos, Dad. It's really hard to be a and big And then you become Will Ferrell. little kids come around. You become Lord Business. That's a good point. Because you're like, don't touch my Legos. <laughs> Honestly, if you're going to be a villain, you might as well be a Will Ferrell one. You might as well. I like that line in Airplane, especially. I can't believe we forgot to say it in our Patreon episode on Airplane. In the tower at the end of it, he's like, oh, I picked the wrong day to stop smoking cigarettes. Picked the wrong day to stop sniffing craggle, like that type of thing. <laughs> right. The craggle. Yeah. The craggle. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so good. Lego movie and Airplane. Yes. Separately. Love them. The Lego Airplane movie? Don't give me hope. Don't want, tempt me with that good of a time. I want to see that. Yes, please. Just a shot-for-shot shot remake with Legos. <laughs> it's so good. Or bad. I don't care. I'd watch the hell out of it. I would absolutely watch it regardless. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ned is played by Jacob Batalon. And the other thing Peter's doing, that's normal high school stuff, is getting bullied by Flash Thompson, played by Tony Ravioli. His name is not Tony Ravioli. No, it's not. It's Revolori. Yes, it is. But every time I see it, I think Ravioli. As you should. And he is definitely a Flash. He's a Flash. Yeah. And you know what? There's a lot of people that can't accept that he's a Flash, and that's that's on them. That really is on them. He is such a Gen Z Flash. There's a lot of Gen Z everything. Everything. In this, this movie. movie. <laughs> this movie is so Gen Z, and it's appropriate, and I love it. There's a lot that I love about it. Yeah. There's a lot. And so far, I mean, this Flash, he's fine for a long time. Yeah. Until he gets goofy. And that's when it loses me. We'll get there. We'll get there. When he's not at school, Peter continues going around the city as Spider-Man to help people and fight petty crime. Yay. It's exciting. Thrilling. <laughs> I love it. Cue a montage of Spidey preventing Grand Theft Bicycle, giving directions to an old lady, and stopping a would-be carjacker who actually owns the car, setting off an alarm, much to the dismay of the neighbors like Stan Lee. This Stan Lee's not getting snapped. 
I'm a big fan of this Stan Lee. Are you going to do it? No, I'm not. We can't because the last time we said the next the next stand stays no matter what. Oh, so. good for him then. I forgot but, all about that. But no, I do. I really like this stand, but I didn't get to do my little joke of because we've been watching WandaVision. I wanted to go, yakety yak. Does this stand get snubbed? Oh, jeez. <laughs> but you, you know, jumped I'm, right into I'm it. I'm happy I stepped on you. <laughs> you I am. Yeah, I brought it up anyway. The yakety stand. I refuse to be <laughs> stepped on. This whole montage of him doing basic Spider-Man things, it reminded me a lot of Kick-Ass. Yes. Because it's just, you have a guy in a suit who's just walking around on the street helping like old ladies and stuff like that. It's nothing spectacular or special or amazing or anything. Look at you using spectacular and amazing. Yeah, go me. Clever you. Thank you. And he gets paid in churros. That's not a bad way to get paid. Not at all. I like when he goes to the bodega, he's like, squish the sandwich down flat. And I'm like, that's a weird request. And then I'm like, oh, right, because he wears a a skin tight suit. Attention to detail, I guess. I guess. I guess. (laughs) Peter refers to his Spidey work as the Stark internship. And when Mr. Harrington, Martin fucking Star. Yeah. I I forgot he's in this. I really did forget. He's back from the Incredible Hulk. Lucky us. Aren't we? Is it the same character? Um, They haven't said yes, but they haven't said no. Fair enough. I'm. I believe yes. He's just a grad student hanging out with with Ed Norton's Mark Ruffalo, <laughs> and then he eventually turns into a teacher man. Good for him. Ed Norton as Mark Ruffalo. That started off as an accident, and then I liked it. Lean so in. I continued. I'd watch it. <laughs> Can you imagine like a Hulk verse? Like you know, we have the Spider Verse that's possibly coming up in Spider Man Three Home Run. Whatever it is. Whatever it's called. Homecoming 3 is what they're calling it internally right now. That's a good way to call it internally when you don't have a name that you want to put out publicly. (laughs) Yeah. A Hulkverse. That would be interesting. There's only so much you could do with a Hulkverse. Can you imagine the scene of them standing outside pointing at each other? (laughs) (laughs) Hey. That was Professor Hulk. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we might get something like that when She-Hulk comes out. I'm okay with that. Because it sounds like they're bringing back a lot of characters. From the Incredible Hulk. It's very weird. We're in a very weird time. We're a very, very weird time. A time where Liv Tyler might get more work. I'm not okay with that time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, especially if it doesn't involve animal crackers. I'm out. I'm completely out. (laughs) We can't bring her up and not bring up animal crackers. Not allowed. It's against the law. Mr. Harrington announces to the school's academic decathlon team that they're going on a trip to Washington, D.C. for a competition. And Peter quits the team to stay home just in case Mr. Stark needs him. For the internship. He's very hopeful. He is. About a new mission coming. Especially when Happy is just ghosting him. Big time. Big time. Every time Take he's- Take a goddamn hint. He's like, hey, Happy, uh, I did this today and I did this. He's like, shut up, kid. Go away. He's not saying anything. Most of the time, no. But when he like accidentally answers the phone when Peter calls him, he's always like, ugh, you. Bye. Yeah. Take a hint. Yeah. <laughs> you got used. Yeah. I agree. In Germany. Haven't we all, though? In one way or another. In one way or another. One night, Spidey catches four crooks with Avengers Halloween masks trying to rob a bank using high-tech equipment. It's the alien stuff. It is. It's 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 got purple rays and whatnot. Right, so it you is. Know, slicing and dicing up the world. They are just cutting out the ATM machines and then hovering them out of the way and taking the money. Seems real easy. Yeah. Good for them. Really. Honestly, it's a good gig if you can get it. They turned alien tech into proper, usable tools. Just like the, our ancestors did. Just exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. I too watch Ancient Aliens. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Spidey fights the criminals until one of them uses one of the devices that emits a powerful blast, blowing up not only the bank, but also the bodega across the street where he gets his flat sandwiches. That's right. So Spidey rushes over to save the owner and, of course, the cat. Obviously, the cat. The cat. I guess now's a good time. Cinemacats.com. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's been so long. It's been a long time. Cinemacats.com is a website that celebrates cats in movies and television. Sure does. And they have reviews for several movies, and they do have a review for Spider-Man Homecoming. You know, I, I'm almost not interested in what they're going to say about it, but I am interested in the final musing. That's usually where we, where we jump to, but they have an interesting note on this one. Spider-Man Homecoming is starring Ziva. Okay, we got a name of the cat. We that's, have the name good. of the, the cactress. That's a thing. No, it's not. Oh, I good. tried. Okay. It, it didn't even work that well. You, you, well, you said cact, like cactus. Yeah, like cac- actor it's, it's cactus. It's half cactus, half actress, all cat. Right. So the kitty cameo here is Peter visits the local bodega run by Mr. Delmar. He pauses to pet the bodega cat Murph, a long-haired tortoise shell with white markings. Yeah, I still don't even believe that there's breeds of cat. I just don't believe it. I just don't care. <laughs> Prove enough, to me really. that cats are different. I know the difference between a golden retriever and a chihuahua. All cats look the same to me. They're just different color cats. Like that one's a black cat. Don't, that one's don't cross fluffy me. and that one has no fur. Right. I imagine those two are different. But other than that. That's as far as I go. <laughs> but anyway, what we're really looking for is the final musing. And it is this. Superheroes never forget to save the cats. The hard stop. That's the whole oh, thing. Okay, good. Very good. Glad we took the time. <laughs> Cinemacats.com. Oh, yes. Always good. Always there. It's always there. Peter quietly returns to his room through his window, trying not to let Aunt May know that he was out. Hot Aunt May. Marissa fucking Tomei. Yep. So it looks real, real good in this. Like, yeah. real, real good? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I think now would be a good time to address one of the Facebook messages we got about this movie. Oh. Vincent Misafra sent us a message. And he said, been waiting to do this one. Wed bad behead. Oh, no. Of Aunt May's St. Rosemary Harris. Oh, of course. Sally fucking Field. And Marissa fucking Tomei. Well. Brian, go ahead and good luck. Good luck. There's only one answer. For what? For this wed bed behead. Try it out. See how it feels. Okay. I'm marrying St. Rosemary. Okay. And then the rest falls into place, Dave. It Well, I, I see where you're going with that. And I'm going to respectfully disagree. Oh. I'm going to marry Sally Field. No, why? Mostly because Rosemary Harris, uh, in the sands of the hourglass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There ain't too many sands left. (laughs) That's why you marry her. It's not like you're doing it for an inheritance. This isn't a Hugh Hefner situation here. It's it's Aunt May. (laughs) It's Aunt May. But It's like, what do you got? I got a two-bedroom in Queens. Neat. Honestly, the real estate market, it's not bad. No, it's not that not bad. bad. You do have nosy neighbors. That's fine. As we've learned. Then they, they, they already know that Marissa Tomei is moving in soon. Okay. <laughs> I'm stay. I'm sticking by what I said. Okay, that's fair. I can see that. I mean, other than having to see Sally Field. <laughs> Sally Field's fine. I guess. Realistically, I'm thinking she doesn't more even of like, like a, being herself. No, she hates being herself. <laughs> but I keep thinking of like a Smokey and the Bandit Sally Field, and I'm going, maybe it's not that bad. Okay. If I just close my, if I squint really hard, I'd be like, this isn't like a Forrest Gump, Sally Field. This is fine. (laughs) Wasn't she Mrs. Lincoln also? Yes. In the movie Lincoln? I believe so. She's got range. Yep. And then like, 
every <laughs> Lifetime original movie? I think every single one she's in. Yeah. What's Rosemary Harris done lately? Been a saint. Is she kicking alive? I feel like we have this conversation every time she comes I up. I feel like we, and every time we're surprised that she's still around, which could also be totally wrong. She is still around. There it is. See? Still surprised. <laughs> 93 years old. Good for her. No longer married. Oh. Uh, yeah, well, as of as of 2018. I'm going to say on the count of her husband passing is my guess. I don't think it was a that's divorce correct. situation. <laughs> it's unfortunately, that's correct. Because she's a saint. She is a saint. I'll give you that. And she kicked Norman Osborne's ass. She really did, though. So those eyes with an umbrella. Yeah, good for her. That's what, what I does want. Sally my Field wife? do not too much. That's for sure. Nope. And she bitched about it the whole time. The whole time. She's like, I don't want to do this. I'm fine with it. All right, bring it. That's bring it fair. here. That's fair. At least we're both in agreement on Marissa Tobey. <laughs> we absolutely are. That's silly. Realistically, what you have is you have that nice, tight, youthful skin, and then a lot of the hangy skin. And a dead Sally Field in the corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, you're just speeding along nature. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> she was like 100 years old when the first Spider-Man movie came out. You're right. So, yeah. That's... Can I change my answer? No. I, no, 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 no. You actually, are locked I, in. I don't want to. I still, I stand by it. <laughs> Vincent, thank you for the question. <laughs> so yeah, Peter crawls across the ceiling and he comes down to find Ned sitting in his bed holding the Lego Death Star, mouth agape, because he's he's just found out that Peter is Spider-Man. I like how he drops the Lego Death Star, and that's when my heart jumped a little. I went, oh, oh no! no. <laughs> Not the Death Star. It's got that weak spot. It does have the weak spot, and it landed dead on, accepting that thing. Went kabloom. It exploded all oh, yeah. over the place. The next day at school, Ned asks Peter questions about being Spider-Man all day long. Like out loud? Uh, yeah, like, like really not loudly? subtly, just like, yep. how far can you shoot? Shouldn't ask another boy that. If I were 15 you, fifteen-year-old boys talking, I would stand on a ledge and just see how far I could shoot it. It's getting too real at that point. And that's when the the girl in front of him turns around and goes, "Fuck, are you talking about?" It's <laughs> a good question, lady. In girl, gym class, not, not lady, lady girl. In gym class, they're doing the the Captain America fitness challenge. Chris Evans himself is there with with his good buddy Hannibal Burris, best friends. In this movie, yeah. in my mind. Hannibal Burris is like, <laughs> yeah, he's probably a war criminal now, but I still have to show this because the state demands it. I love it. It's so good. But Peter Parker's like, yeah, I fought him. Again, not subtle. No, not even close Surrounded to Surrounded by subtle. kids on the bleachers. He's just like, yeah, fought him. That's real incognito of you. Just real good at being secret. Yep. The boys then overhear Liz talking to her friends about how she's kind of got a crush on Spider-Man, which of course leads Ned to blurt out in front of everybody that Peter knows Spider-Man. I would just kick Ned in the dick at that point. Yeah, it's like, dude, what is your deal? Yeah, it's like, you're real cool, Ned, but, but. I'm going to have to web you until you die now. At or the whatever. same time. You're just, you're blown up the spot like crazy here. Big time. You got to do some serious damage control. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you Brian Blessed laughed. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make Liz invite Peter and Ned to her party so that Peter can try to invite Spider-Man. So Liz is a senior. Yes. And Peter is whatever else. A sophomore. They okay. Do, they they do, do say sophomore. Got it. In a deleted scene. <laughs> so they didn't say it. Got it. <laughs> but it's in a deleted scene where, where she specifically says, you're a sophomore, Peter. Blah, blah, blah. I remember when I was a sophomore. They have a whole extra conversation that apparently wasn't intriguing enough for the real movie. It is a long movie. Tony Ravioli doesn't believe for a second that Penis Parker knows Spidey. <laughs> and I'm not changing a word of that sentence. There's no need to. 
So the boys go to the party, and almost instantly Ned's like, all right, you got to be Spider-Man now. And he's like, I just got here. Give me a break. Yeah. But then Flash is like, Penis Parker. Penis Parker. And this is the part where I was like, this is like, this is the Gen Z Flash Thompson here. He's the DJ. He's really just playing into this. I never understood the guy who wanted to be the DJ at an age-appropriate party. I never understood. (laughs) That's, you're right. It never made sense. To I me. don't want to talk to people. I just want to sit behind this laptop the whole time and play my shins or whatever. They're they're a band. <laughs> that was shins. the first thing that came to my yep. head for very, no reason at very all. Very Gen Z. Could of not you. tell you a single shin song. <laughs> don't know why that popped into my head. I love it. No, it's <laughs> it's perfect. Should have said like the weekend. Yeah, he's a guy. That's I mean who I only hear about during the Super Bowl and never any other time. Oh man, wait, the weekend is playing the Super Bowl. Didn't he do it once before and now he's doing it again? I don't think so. Oh. It, it might seem that way with the amount of ads they have been running. That's fair. reminding oh, oh. you. I confuse him with Bruno Mars all the time. That's not a lie. I very much do. Really? Yeah. That's, they're very different. Yeah, but it's both music I don't like. Like extremely And that's just what different. I lump it into. Sure. Like Steven Tyler might as well be The Weeknd and Bruno Mars because Aerosmith's not a good band. Yeah, this is good. This is backpedaling like I've never seen. Yeah. <laughs> They're all lumped together. I can't tell the difference between Bruno Mars, The Weeknd, and Aerosmith. I don't know the difference. Do you want to know other people who confuse me? Sure. This is one of my favorites. <laughs> you hate it so much. Sigourney Weaver and... I'm bad music blind. I can't help it. <laughs> bad music blind. Every country artist. They're all the same to me. All of them. Yeah, every one of them is Bruno Mars and The Weeknd. Where did this joke start? And Aerosmith. Got it. <laughs> them too. Them too. No, no, it's even better if you call him a him. <laughs> That's generous if I call him a him. Aerosmith, him. So Peter goes to change because he's like, I don't want to be called Penis Parker anymore. But as he's on the roof, putting on his Spider-Man costume, practicing what he's going to say, like, oh, hey, where's my buddy Peter? I know him. He sees an explosion off in the distance. He's like, all right, well, I guess I better go investigate that because I'm Spider-Man. Yep, and now I'm going to go swing through the suburbs. Yeah, that doesn't work out too hot for him. I didn't need that. I loved him running a across the golf course like this sucks it does suck what i hated though was how when he runs across the golf course he's running screen right to screen left and then literally everything else after that is screen left to screen right and it just annoyed me that's fair it made me feel like he wasn't getting closer to his objective and it's just a real nitpicky thing but it was just sure it didn't work well for me visually keep in mind this is famous director john watts still very fair this is like his you're right first feature film well no it's his second but I've never heard of the first one. Fair enough. So, so Peter comes across two of Toombs's goons, played by Logan Marshall Green and Bokeem Woodbine, selling Chitari slash Ultron tech to a local gangster named Aaron Davis, played by Donald fucking Glover. Now, that is a double dip of awesome right there. Yeah. Because you have an Aaron fucking Davis, and then you have a Donald fucking Glover. Yeah. And what you're telling me in this world is that there's a Miles Morales. That and is- they even tell you flat out later that there is a Miles Morales. Yeah. Yeah. He, they, flat out. They're like, he exists, guys. Hold on to your butts. Exactly. Peter's cell phone goes off in the least believable scene of the movie because Gen Z, don't call people. Because <laughs> Ned calls him. He's like, hey, where are you? And and it makes the goons think that Aaron is setting them up. So they're like, yeah, we're going to kill him. So Spider-Man's like, all right, I got to save this guy now. He intervenes, and he tries to fight the crooks, one of the men equipped with an electrified crossbones gauntlet, because he's supposed to be the shocker. That's right. You can tell because he's got that yellow quilted sweater on underneath his vest. Exactly, and it is Dane Cook. 
<laughs> that was his thing, right? The shocker. The shocker was. Did it originate with Dan Cook, or did I don't he know. just popularize he, he it? He just put it on shirts and stickers and everything. Yeah, it's pro- it probably him. Oh no, he did the the super shocker. That's no, it was the it was the soup was the super shocker, the super hand, or whatever it was, or I don't know. the super finger. Oh yes, the super finger. What was that? That was that was this. That's just two fingers. It's the, just the middle finger and the ring finger. I thought. What's the point the of that? Sufi. Is that what it, that's what it's called? I think so. That's stupid. It's very dumb. It's probably better. Dane Cook went away. I realize that more often than not. I feel like the more we bring Dane Cook up, which is frequently, it is frequently. The more I'm happy that there wasn't like a good luck Chuck too. Well, realistically, if you go on our website, capepodcasters.com, we tell you what this show's about. It is about superhero and comic book movies. And also try and understand why Dane Cook was a thing. <laughs> His first album was hilarious. It's amazing. Harmful as well is classic. We've agreed on this a thousand times. His second album was still pretty good. It was pretty good. And then he did Vicious Circle. And he's just pandering at that point. He's just repeating the same old jokes. Pandering. Yeah. Yeah. He quickly devolved into, look at how loud and animated I can be. Right. And then people are starting to call down for him to do the same joke over and over. He's like, someone shit on my coats. It's like. Dane, the microphone's not even on. You just want attention. <laughs> At one point, he got into this whole feud with Chappelle over who could who could set the Guinness World Record for longest set, and it they went back and forth several times, and it was it was probably a nightmare for half the people in attendance. I don't want any part of that. The people who went to the Dane Cook shows. Yeah, I don't want any part of that. What is he possibly going to say? I don't know, but I want to say that they got up to like the eight hour range. That's ridiculous. It's insane. That's like a filibuster worth of repetitive jokes but an eight-hour Chappelle set that's stream of consciousness would Him probably be angry at the world brilliant and i would love that i mean you gotta assume like 70 percent of that is gold yeah i would say it's pretty fair yeah i like that i'd want to go see that for sure not the dane cook though no 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 not, not the dane cook oh Chappelle beat my record guess i'm gonna have to do vicious circle three <laughs> times in a row Hey, guys, 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 guys. We're going to do Vicious Circle, but this time, square. Square. Vicious, vicious Square. Square. Welcome to the Vicious Octagon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody should have the coats. Uh, Dave, I got back-to-back IMDb trivia facts for you. Why did you let me talk about Dane Cook for so long and then hit me with this? Why couldn't you just... Because it's our first week you, back. You? I want to ruin you. Okay. You know, this is my fault, really. When Spider-Man is chasing Toombs' men in the white van, Spider-Man goes through a pool party where Ferris Bueller's day off is showing on a big screen television, specifically the scene of Ferris running home. This is a double nod. One, where in this movie, Peter's run to catch the white van is similar to the scene in Ferris, and one to real life where the cast was made to watch John Hughes movies to get the essence of the movie as a coming-of-age movie. This is why Peter yells out, Good movie! As Tom Holland watched it and liked it. (laughs) I wish Tom Holland had a letterboxed. (laughs) Like his account and all it would be is just like, oh, midsummer. Tom Holland watched it and And liked liked it. But he actually wrote a comment on Ferris Bueller. No, that's it. Day off. And it says, good movie. (laughs) I like that. Actual IMDb trivia fact number two. During the initial encounter, Vulture appears in front of the moon briefly with his wings spread. This is similar to a scene in Batman 1989 with the Batwing flying in front of the moon. In both cases, the person using the wing technology is Michael Keaton. Okay. 
And because I hit Good. you with two in a row. Great. Like, that's it for the whole episode. All right, do you promise? I promise. That look. That, what that twinkle look? in your eye. Have I ever lied to yes. you? Yes. Let's it, move on. When it came before to the IMDb trivia fact. The pain really sets in. So Spider-Man chases them until Vulture swoops down and grabs him and then drops him in a river. As you do. And then Iron Man comes down and saves Spidey. Right. Iron Man's in this movie. Finding him with a tracker installed in the suit. And Iron Man's here. Hey, he says, of course I tracked your suit. <laughs> Easy enough. You're a child. It's a very expensive suit. Yes, I'm tracking you. Yes. But Tony isn't really in the suit. No. He's operating it remotely. From India? Like all of us right now. Possibly. Operating it remotely. <laughs> he would get along great during a pandemic. He would have no problem at all. No. He could still Iron Man all he wants. As long as he's got a, a Wi-Fi connection. Right. And not using Zoom. Right. Zoom sucks. I learned that. Zoom's not great. I can't believe how much power it draws, like, memory. It's insane. It's ridiculous. And it wasn't a thing until the pandemic came around, and then people are using it like crazy, like, ah, oh, we got Zoom, we're still a family. And everyone's like, dude, Zoom sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's either Zoom sucks or my aunt still races. I can't figure it out, but mm. I'm going to lean into Zoom sucking yeah. just to give me the benefit of the doubt. It, it keeps things, you know, tight at home. <laughs> to blame it on Zoom. <laughs> Fucking Zoom's tearing apart our family. <laughs> <laughs> It's got nothing to do with red hats or anything. It's Zoom. <laughs> it's Zoom. Uh, Zoom is making this country terrible. Oh, gosh. <laughs> too real. It got too real. It was at one point. Yeah. So Tony tells Peter to stick to being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and leave the bigger crime-fighting stuff to the Avengers. But also, this problem is not an Avengers-level thing. Somebody will take care of I it. I like how there's Avengers-level things. Yeah, he's like, yeah, this is kind of below my pay grade, kid. A little inappropriate, I'd say. A little say. bit. Yeah. <laughs> just fished him out of a river. That someone clearly had to drop this all-powerful Spider-Man into. Yeah. Therefore, this thing should be a threat. Should be, and, in theory. And Tom Holland in a high-pitched voice is yelling about alien technology. Maybe fucking listen? Maybe. Peter considers returning to the party, but Ned's like, don't bother. Flash got the whole party chanting Penis Parker. That would make me go back even harder as right. Spider-Man. As Spider-Man. Like, th now I definitely have to show up to shut him up. Right. But instead, he goes home. It's going to sleep it off, I guess. Sleep off whatever. But on his way, he finds a piece of one of those weapons that the crooks had dropped during the chase. Right. He's like, all right, cool. I guess I can reverse engineer this garbage. Right. I'm a high schooler. This should be no problem at all. He's a genius high schooler. He's still at a high school. He, he invented <laughs> Let's not forget that he's still fluid. at a high school. That's true. At Toombs' lair, the one dude admits that he dropped the weapon while he was using his electric gauntlet, calling himself Shocker. One second. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, that's totally fair. It had to come up at some point. Oh, what is this? Professional wrestling? That's the line that Toombs says. Oh, you call yourself the Shocker? What is this? Wrestling? Do they ever say the word vulture? They never call him the vulture, but they do occasionally refer to him as that vulture guy. Okay. So. Then I kind of like that. Yeah. Fed up with this particular goon's carelessness, Toombs cuts him from the team. The guy's like, man, I know all your secrets. I can tell the public. So naturally, Toombs responds by grabbing a powerful gun off the tinkerer's desk, played by Michael Chernus. Sure. And he incinerates his henchman with it, mistaking the weapon for an anti-gravity gun or whatever. Oopsie daisy. Oopsie daisy. You would think with an oopsie daisy of that level, there'd be some kind of reaction from anybody in the room. Nothing. Nothing. This guy just was lit on fire and is now a pile of ashes. So 
you know. Yeah, I didn't really care for that that much. <laughs> Michael Keaton walks over. He bends. He bends down. He picks up the the electrified gauntlet. He throws it to the other guy and says, "You're the shotgun now." Yeah, that's not how any of that should work ever. And <laughs> oh well, you tried. You can. <laughs> you tried. You're the shotgun now. <laughs> it's the dumbest part of the movie. Yeah, easily. <laughs> yeah. At school the next day, Peter cracks open the weapon with Ned's help, and they find a power core. At the same time. The new shocker is hunting down the missing weapon via an installed GPS tracker. This movie has a lot of trackers it's in it. A lot of, uh, I call them convenience-inators. Conven- okay. Convenience-inators. Yeah, if I have to come put something on the spot, that's it. I like it. Because that's really all it is. So we got to be able to find this thing real quick. Oh, it's got a tracker on it. It's got a tracker. Go, go a tracker. there. A tracker. <laughs> so Peter recognizes the shocker, and he follows him to where moments earlier he and Ned disabled the weapon. And he hides under a table, and he shoots a spider tracker on him, because we're not done with trackers yet. We sure aren't, and this thing is loud, and the world doesn't seem to generally care, but as the audience, we do. And he's all... <laughs> that would sound. Doesn't notice. He has no clue. We hear it loud and clear as the audience, and yeah. this guy is clueless. He's got a tiny spider crawling up his leg. Yeah, I have a lot of problems with that also, but <laughs> let's keep going. This Time- is great. Time passes, and the tracker eventually comes to a stop in Maryland. You know what would be nice? If we had a convenient field trip to somewhere close to that. That would be real neat. So Peter rejoins the academic decathlon team as they head to D.C. for the Nationals competition. Yep. On the way to D.C., Happy calls. He's like, hey, you're leaving New York City. He's like, yeah, it's no big deal. It's for the academic decathlon. He's like, I'll decide if it's a big, no big deal. All right, it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, I like that he tries to have a little power trip. And he says, hey, hey, hey. And then he remembers he doesn't care. Well, I I like to think that John Favreau's Favreau senses went off in this. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, this is just so goddamn heavy handed. Hey, kid, where are you going? I'm going to D.C. because uh, that's where the decathlon is. Also, the beep beep thing went off in Maryland. And hey, how about that? (laughs) I think it's funny that, that Peter already knows there's a tracker in his suit. Because that's how Iron Man saved him. Right. But now he's like, you're tracking me? Like, all of a sudden he's surprised by it. Because I think the bigger issue that Happy should have is, why Why are you going on a field trip? Why are you going to Spider-Man in DC? Why are you bringing the suit with why you Why are you Spider-Man bringing the suit DC? with you is a great question. And yet. Never asked. Here we are. Happy's too busy with moving the he Avengers. He's very busy. That's what he's busy with. Moving the Avengers to their new upstate facility. And appreciating the convenience of the situation. It's extremely I'd like to imagine convenient. That's what's happening. He is like, wow, how convenient is this? We should say taking it all that in. the Favreau salute does go back to John Favreau in Iron Man. Yes, and there are a lot of things that are really convenient and heavy-handed in that movie, where it just the knuckles of that movie drag across the ground, <laughs> and it, the movie just holds your hand too often for my liking, and yeah. I like the movie. And this is an homage to that. So exactly, and that's where the Favreau salute comes from for people who are. Diving in and yeah. just banging on tables all the time, yelling about John Favreau randomly. <laughs> That's a good recap. Was necessary. I think so too. Just like at the top of the show, we should say this is a show about superhero and comic book movies and figuring out why Dane Cook was a thing. Right. Exactly. Oh, we already covered that. You're right. We did already. Okay, cool. Once they arrive in DC, Peter and Ned remove the tracker from the suit so Peter could sneak out and find Vulture. But while they're in there, Ned finds that the suit is capable of a lot more than what Peter thought and deactivates the training wheels program. It's so good. The name of that is just it's spot so on. It's so great. I like when he disables it. You see the suit like light up. Yeah. And in my head, I go, 
Oh, what can I, what else can that suit do? Yeah, what can it do? I'm so curious now. Peter goes out and he finds the villains attempting to hijack a damage control truck, transporting wreckage from the Triskelion with more weaponry inside because Winter Soldier happened and they got to clean it up because everything in this movie is based off of something in another movie and it's very well connected. It is very well connected. And, you know, that part's not convenient, but the fact that the academic decathlons in DC is. Very much so. Vulture swoops down and uses a matter phase shifter, which looks to me like some dark elf technology. I agree. Basically, the the matter phase shifters allow you to pass through solid objects. So Vulture uses that to enter the armored truck and steal some stuff. Sure, easy enough. Spidey attempts to foil the villains, but gets knocked unconscious when Vulture deactivates the matter phase shifter while he's inside the truck, and he does a little leapy boo. He hits his noggin on the top of the truck. Right. And then and then he's 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 out. He's a passed out Spider-Man. Right. Oh, out cold. Mildly Zach Galifianakis concussed. style. Still have not confirmed that he's the one in that movie. I have no idea. But and I'm just not going to waste a Google on I'll that. I'll giggle at it. <laughs> <laughs> Spidey wakes up in a damage control warehouse, unable to leave because the door is sealed until the morning. For now. For now. Peter talks to his AI system in his suit which he calls, he decides to name Karen. Right, because it keeps asking that, I want to see your manager. It's like, suit, suit. you got to calm down, all, all right? right? Listen, Karen. Voiced <sighs> by Jennifer Connelly. I did not know it was Jennifer Connelly. Which is crazy, because Vision Jar- is voiced Jarvis by is Paul Mr. Jennifer Connelly. Mr. Paul Jennifer Connelly. Right. Small world. I guess so. Was that intentional? I feel like it has to be, but at the same time, like, you were you just like, let's just get Connelly, because- what is auditioning? I think, I think if you want to go with intentional, what stone does Vision have in the old- The mind stone. Yeah, and he was in A Beautiful Mind where he met Jennifer Connelly. Oh, if wow. you really want to dig deep wow. into so that. So Favreau definitely orchestrated this whole thing. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> in the heavy-handed sense, not like- That's the only sense he knows. Him. Right. As a person going like, you two. So suit lady, Karen- Helps Peter get a better understanding of how his suit works with all of the protocols available. Right. There's like a web training thing, so he learns all the ins and outs of this suit. Yeah. I really like how we get to see the spider flashlight again that shines the red uh, Spider-Man logo. I like how we get to see the spider wings type things that are underneath the wings. I love it so much. Love it, love it, love it. But I, I get a little creeped out with this relationship with the suit. She has a very sensual voice, and I, I'm like, what is Tony programming into this suit for I this don't kid? know. I don't know. This kid's already talking about staying on a ledge shooting shit 15 <laughs> feet or whatever. He doesn't need this. But Peter even tells the suit about his feelings for Liz. She's and, very interested. And she's like, oh, tell me more. Well, I like how, because this is a weird thing also, is that Peter asks her how long they've been trapped in here, and she says 37 minutes. <laughs> And right away, Brian's laugh says, what's the deal with the number 37 in movies? What's funny is like 37 is actually- I can't keep making the same Clark's joke about trying not to waste any minutes when you go through the parking lot or whatever. (laughs) Try not to shoot off any web bombs on your way to the (laughs) vault door. We got to talk about Clark's one day on Patreon. We really do. We really, really do. 37 is like my favorite number, by the way. Before I ever even saw Clark's. 37 has always been my number. Why? I don't know. Okay. Threes and sevens. That's got to do as it. As far as I can tell, that's that's it. I don't All know. All right. I don't Fair know. Fair enough. 37, though. Just weird. It was really it weird. It keeps coming up. Because as weird. soon as she said it, I was like, oh, there's the clerk's joke. 
Karen also reveals to Peter that the Chitari power core is basically a bomb that will go off and expose the radiation. Real convenient. She tells him this now. So now that- Now she's known about this thing for a while and then tells him yeah. in the nick of time or whatever. So now that Peter knows that Ned is carrying around one of these power cores and it's basically a bomb, he and Karen hack the vault door so they can leave. Yep. And it was not that hard after all. Nope. So all I'm, that, I'm not going to hit this table. This table doesn't deserve it. All that time he spent learning his webs. I should apologize to this table for all the times we've hit it, but in this movie we get hit a lot. That's fair. So Peter rushes back to- the academic decathlon competition, and he misses the whole thing, but the team wins thanks to the the help of fellow Midtown High weirdo, Michelle, played by Zendaya. Right! Who is phenomenal. She's unbelievable. She's great. She kind of annoyed me at first, and then I was like, oh, oh, this is actually a really fun role. Yeah. And I want more. Yeah. Lucky us. Lucky us indeed. Peter calls Ned to warn him about the power core that he's holding, but once again, Gen Z and calling phones. He doesn't answer. And he can't get a message through. No one answers phones in this thing. No. Which might make it actually the most Gen Z. That's true. And yet people still call. Nobody's shooting off text messages this whole movie. No, which is weird. But they're also always on the move, I feel like. That's true. It's always urgent enough that they need to call. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's fair. The academic decathlon team heads over to the Washington Monument, where the security x-ray machines activate the Chitari power core, obviously. Obviously. Uh, Well, they do it in a convenient Time. A t- time release way. It's, it's a time release way. This thing is like a fucking Prilosec of a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it goes to the x-ray, and it's like, are we at the proper spot where it's going to be dramatic? No. No, not yet. Wait. Just wait. Give it time. Are we there now? No. No, no, no Wait until we're just, like halfway just, up the just monument. Wait. wait till it's appropriate. <laughs> as Spider-Man arrives at the Washington Monument, the core goes off in Ned's backpack as the team is riding up the elevator and almost blows the top off of the giant phallic. Monument. Right, it's the Big Dick of Washington. The big Dick of Washington. That's what they call it. Spidey climbs up the side of the monument to save the team, but he can't get through the damn window without using great force. I like how when he's going up the side of this thing, there's nowhere for him to swing to make this easier, even though we've both played Spider-Man games where he could do this the web shooty thing and then whip himself up. Like, yeah. Like a boomerang type thing. Yeah. Not a boomerang, a slingshot. That's a move. Boomerang would bring him back down. That's right. You don't want you that. You don't want that. That's, that's, that's the bad one. That's a Hemsworth Exactly. You want a slingshot up there. <laughs> but I like it shows the size of this thing. Oh, he can't get up there. Yeah. Which is He could also great. just hold down R2 and run up the side. He could. He does not know that yet. Yeah. The suit didn't tell him that he could just do that. <laughs> and, which is weird because he's unlocked the whole suit. The and, whole suit is unlocked. And Jennifer Conley cannot stop talking. No. So. She loves talking. Poor Paul Bettany. Or not. It's or a not. sensual voice. It is a very sensual voice. I could listen voice. to it often. Yeah. Peter, do you know that you could run up the side of the building? Right. And then I feel like I'm Spider-Man because I made webs and I'm just like, no, Dave. No, you Dave. You did not get bit no. by anything. No, Dave. No. I know. I've never, I don't think I've ever been bit by a spider even. Wow. I don't understand these webs. I don't know if I have either. I mean, probably, but probably. it wasn't memorable. They say you like eat spiders in your sleep. Yeah. There's, that did it. There's, there's a thing like, or like, there's like an urban legend about the average person eats eight spiders in their lifetime or whatever. But let's think about this. Is Drax style. If you eat a spider, since you're thinner on the inside, according to Drax. Oh, right. And the spider could the, burst could, out. Maybe that. I was just thinking if it bit you on the inside, like maybe you got tough skin that it oh, can't get yeah. through. But the thin skin, your belly, your tummy here. Yeah. You don't think want that. You don't want like a chest bursting spider. No, that's the worst type of spider. We all know that. Yeah. Movie Alien, worst type of spider. I never counted the legs on the chest burster. Never got to it. 
A police chopper arrives and orders Spidey to get on the ground. But instead, Spidey leaps over the helicopter using his Ditko web wings, swings from the bottom of the chopper, finally gaining enough momentum to break the window. And now he's here to save the day. Why do they need four-inch bulletproof glass at the top of this giant monument? I think to prevent snipers from the inside? Maybe. I don't know. I don't uh, think anybody's okay. taking shots at the top of the monument. <laughs> <laughs> I know who's up there. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I don't know. <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of. I don't know why you would need to do that. I just, I don't understand. I feel like there's probably always somebody on the inside to be like, hey, don't bring that up there. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. Sniper free zone, bud. Yeah. Bradley Cooper, you fuck right off. <laughs> Get out of here. Rocket Raccoon? No, the American Sniper thing. No, I know. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he tries to hold the falling elevator with his web, but the weight pulls him down. He manages to hold the web and the elevator as everyone climbs out, except Liz. Liz is the last person, and she nearly falls with the elevator, a la Gwen Stacy. But Spidey catches her. Gwen Stacy, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Do not confuse that with proper Gwen Stacy ever of real Gwen Stacy comic book. Don't. Right. Gotta distinguish the two, or else it's gonna get real ugly, canonically. That makes sense. Good. In the future times. Exactly. Yeah. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I can't let you say, it's like Gwen Stacy, yeah, no problem. When it's like, that was a, a fun cinematic way for her to die. If you, There must be a fun way for anyone to die. It's a fun cinematic way to die. He doesn't die that way in the comic books. Right, right. Got to uh, differentiate. It's it's different. Good. We did it. We There you go. I want to talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Keep going. But Spider-Man catches her in a not back-breaking way. <laughs> right the best type of way to catch somebody the best type of way to catch somebody and and he he pulls her up he rescues her it's all good they all go back to new york and karen reveals that the spider-man I love suit... how quick that is <laughs> yeah they're just like cool save the day back to new york cool let's go back in new york karen reveals that the spider-man suit records everything that peter has seen it's the baby monitor pro protocol <laughs> it's so good again <laughs> and she identifies aaron davis and spidey tracks him down to interrogate him to find out who is selling the alien tech. And Aaron tells Spider-Man that the person he's looking for is meeting to sell more tech on the Staten Island Ferry. And also, I got a nephew. And also, I got a nephew. So, there it is. You know, Wink, ding, everything. I'm not I'm not that bad of a guy. I have a nephew. Right? I mean, like, canonically, I'm a, I'm a supervillain at some point. But at some I do have point. a nephew, so I'm a right. good guy. I got ice cream in the trunk. Well, he gets webbed, and he gets very upset that he has ice cream in the trunk, and that he has to wait two hours for this thing to dissolve. There's a deleted scene where he calls Miles and tells him he's not going to make it to his birthday party. It's probably better they deleted that, yeah. in fact, because yeah. that just sets up too much. Too much. And this table would just get Jackie oh, the, Chan in half. Yeah. This table would not have a top. It would just be legs. Gone. Completely gone. So Spider-Man goes to the ferry, because we realize how far into the movie we are, we got to start moving. That's right. And also, we just need to start naming burrows. Yeah, that's right. We- Gotta get them all. Gotta get them all. Gotta catch them all. Poke York. That's what they call it. That's good not old at all. Poke York. On the ferry, Toombs is meeting with another criminal named Mac Gargan. It's a name. Michael Mando. That's right. He's an actor. He's playing Mac Gargan. Of course. Who is a scorpion. Yes, he is. Because, you know, we're, we're going to do one Spider Man movie, so we better throw all the villains in it. We need to. We didn't learn anything from Spider Man 3. It's really, no, they might have, because they're like, no suits. We'll let him wear the sleeves. <laughs> it's a sleeves only movie but just the two shockers in the movie <laughs> wait what do you mean too many villains it's okay this is it's fine we're having fun here we are having fun it's actually if you're gonna do 
seven villains in one movie. That's probably the way to do it. Right. Kill one of them off. Even though I do Make them all real henchy. I I don't even think they're villains in this scene. I think that they're heroes because who the hell in their right mind wants to go to Staten Island? That's fair. Spidey spots Shocker on the boat and sees Tombs, but he doesn't know who that is. So he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to go stop the Shocker guy that I keep running into. Sure. He swings in and he incapacitates Gargan and his goons. Then Tombs shows up, fully vultured out, and tries to use this weapon on Spidey. Spidey's like, no. And he webs it up onto the onto the, the ferry, and then it becomes unstable and starts shooting in every direction. Sure. Splitting the ferry in half. Right down the center. Oh, right down the old Favreau spot. Right down. <laughs> <laughs> Splits it right between the Favreau. Right, and then Favreau's like, hey, I'm going to do physics now, and don't even bother. Hey, Jennifer Connelly, tell me how to string together this <laughs> this boat. When something gets split in twine, yeah. yeah, it doesn't dramatically slowly split. What if it's Believe in water? Believe it or not. I don't think that's going to matter very much. <laughs> it's submerged and it's perfectly cut in half. So it's maybe one it's of my slowly... biggest issues with this movie. And I promise you, when I read one of the one stars, we'll get there. They had a similar issue and I went, High five, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> Spidey tries to hold the ferry together with his webbing, but of course he's only 98% successful, so the whole thing snaps apart and continues to fall apart very slowly. Right. And as Spidey tries to hold together the boat like he's not on as the front Spidey's of the train. tend to do. <laughs> in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> he's holding on as hard as he can. Iron Man and all of his little drones show up and push the ferry back together, and then he uses his... his beams to weld it shut because he's iron man and well that's a thing that's a thing it's weird because this scene is very good there is tension there's absolutely tension and it's so unrealistic (laughs) (laughs) but the part that gets me about this is that i really hate the the boat splitting i hate it i really can't get over how much i hate it but directly before the boat split when he dives down to gargan and tombs and all those guys and he webs them up and he tosses them yeah i wrote holy crap this movie understands weight because whenever <laughs> he webs somebody and throws them, it's like he's moving dead weight, like a person who is just standing there and tossing them where they, yeah. there's actual force that needs to be applied in order to move this person. It looks realistic. And then the boat split. You were like, and the I went, physics are great. Fool me once. Whoops. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those old boxing video games. I'm like, we got ragdoll technology. And yet my head is still through the turnbuckle as I'm falling down. <laughs> like, you got close, but. <laughs> oh, wow. Ah, this movie. This movie. I love it. And then I very much understand why people don't love it. I, I can see it. We'll get there. We will get there. Spidey retreats to a rooftop where Iron Man finds him and tears him a new one. Peter tries to shift the blame to Tony like, hey, man, I told you about the vulture and his alien weapons. And Tony's like, yeah, kid, I know. That's why I had the FBI there. Not wrong. He set up an entire FBI sting to get these guys. And Spider-Man is the one who interrupted it. Right. But I also like how Peter Parker's going off on Tony. He's like, you're not even here. It's not even that big of a deal. And Tony instantly steps out of the steps suit itself. Out of the suit. He's like, yeah, and I'm he's here. like, oh, 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 I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Mr. Stark. Like, no, I heard you, kid. Why do you think the FBI was there? Oh, man. So good. Tony goes on to remind Peter that while nobody got harmed, if somebody had, it would have been on Peter. And if something had happened to Peter, that would have been on Tony. And he's like, can't have that, kid. Nope. So he demands that Peter give him back the Spider-Man suit. And Peter's like, no, I'm nothing without the suit. And Tony says, the major lesson of Iron Man 3, if you're you're nothing without the suit, 
then you shouldn't have it. Hit that table, Brian. Attaboy. Hey, I wonder I wonder if Peter's going to go on a journey now to find out if he's a hero without the suit. We're going to find out the, the hard slash easy way. The convenient way. The Favreau the way. The Favreau way. Peter resumes his life as a student, spends more time with Ned. He finds Liz at school and he admits that he likes her. And she's like, yeah, I know, you idiot. And he's like, you want to go to homecoming? She's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have literally no reason to say no or yes, but I'll say yes. I'll say yes because we got to move this along. <laughs> right, because there's a plot. On the night of the dance, Peter goes to pick up Liz. He rings the doorbell, and who answers but none other than Adrian Toomes. Wow. It's an extremely wow. good twist. It's a very good twist. And it makes me go back watching it this time. And I, like you're waiting for that twist. Yeah. You know it's coming. But picking out all the things beforehand of like they're not saying Liz's last name or anything like that. There's no hint. No. At all. No. no Nothing points to anything about this. So does that make it a good twist or just make it, I'll pull this out of left field and why the hell not? I don't know because- it's effective. Toombs does talk about his family frequently in the movie. He does, but then it just happens to be Liz. And the fact that Michael Keaton, believe it or not, is a white guy. That's true. And then Liz is a black gal. Yeah. It's like, you don't see it coming for like the obvious reason. Right. But then when it does happen, it's like, it's very effective. It hits you. It does. Where you go, oh, shit. Okay. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like taken aback by it. Yeah. But then on this rewatch, I'm going, all right. That's forced in the easiest way possible, where it's almost manipulative, the way it works? I would agree that it's manipulative. Okay. I don't know if it's forced. It seemed convenient that they were just able to do it, because there's nothing that leads up to Liz and this being her daddy, and there's nothing that leads up to- Well, the thing is- It just, it works out. When they were making the movie, they wanted this to be like the moment of like, oh, so they actually worked the entire movie backwards and forwards from this scene. And that's fine. But the thing is, when you're working things backwards and forwards from the scene. But they didn't want to hint at it they too didn't much. hint and at anything. Exactly. That's... At anything at all. So does that make it... No, no. I'm, I still stand by it. It's effective, but it's manipulative. Yeah. Does it make it bad? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So. But there you go. <laughs> but there it is. Effective, manipulative, not bad. Not bad. After some awkward photos, Toombs drives Peter and Liz to the dance. As Liz tells her father about Peter's background and the events in Washington, he pieces together that Peter is Spider-Man. Because he had one car ride and that's all it took. Well, that's because of how secretive Peter Parker is all the time. It's (laughs) not wrong. I mean, he's talking about how he knows Spider-Man, he's met Spider-Man, whatever it is. Yeah. And Adrian Toomes is just like, how is he? He's like, dude's dick is huge. (laughs) Good guy, good guy. To which Adrian Toomes is like, you're fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> Wait a <laughs> minute. That's all it is. I like that they're they're sitting at a red light, and the moment that Toombs figures it out, the light turns green on his face. I thought we were done with Edgar Wright, because that is such an Edgar Wright move. It is such an move. Edgar Wright move. But it's like- It's kind of like the dial. Ding. Doesn't get it? Gets it. Exactly that. Scott Pilgrim, one we didn't talk about last month. We've talked about in the past. Way in the back. Log. UB2. That was the episode where we killed him. We killed him. Episode 26, I want to say. That's a guess, yeah. but I think it's right. There's that long lead-in where before we kill it and then restart the episode. We're like, psych, we're we not talking about push. Push. <laughs> push with Chris Evans. And Dakota Fanning. I now confuse Dakota Fanning with Dakota, Dakota Johnson. That's fair, because their first names are the same, and they're both not great actresses. 
Very fair. Dakota Fanning was a good actress. She was. Good child actress, and now she's an adult. She's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm going to be like the other Olsen. I can phone I'm good now. For the, I got all the money. <laughs> Liz leaves the car so Tombs can give Peter the dad talk. It goes something like this. You saved my daughter, so I'm going to give you one chance here. Forget everything you know about me and stay out of my business, or I'll kill you and everyone you care about. You know, the classic dad talk. As we've all had. Yeah. Every single time. It's why I got married. I don't want that talk anymore. I can't handle it emotionally. I've forgotten all about what he does. <laughs> I like how he says, now you're going to go into that dance and have a good time with my daughter, but not, not too, too good, good of a good time. Because he's still a dad. He's. I love this character. He's a very good dad. I love this character. Peter goes into the dance and immediately ditches Liz. Immediately. Immediately. Like, he doesn't even think about it. He leaves the dance, donning his old homemade Spider-Man suit. He heads outside and is immediately attacked by Shocker 2. Shocker 2. Shocker 2. And he's just destroying Spider-Man. Just lighting him up. Punching him into buses and oh, whatnot. Yeah. And he's like, man, I wish I had that suit that I told Mr. Stark I was nothing without. Luckily, he's saved by Ned, who picks up his stray web shooter and knows how to use it immediately. Yeah, there's a word for that. It's not hitting me right now. No. 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 It would be really convenient if I could think of the word. It would be, but... but Let's move Moving on. on. So then Peter takes the web shooter back, webs up Shocker, and says, Ned, go into the computer lab and be my guy in the chair. That's what Ned wanted the whole time. The whole time. Spidey realizes that Vulture is going to attempt to rob a plane that's carrying Avengers equipment from Avengers Tower to the new upstate headquarters. It's a bit of a stretch how he gets to that. Yes. Because it just happens that the Avengers are moving that night. Right. And Vulture is planning something that night. So he's like... I only know two things that are going on in this world. Therefore, it's New York City. That's it. So I know there's only two things happening at any given moment. The little apple, the man. Tiny apple. The crab apple. That's it. Ned tries to get in touch with Happy, but like if Happy isn't answering Peter's calls, he's definitely not going to talk to Ned. No way. He does answer Ned's call. He answers it and then he goes, and then as soon as Ned's like, I'm calling on behalf of Peter Parker, he immediately hangs up on him. <laughs> he's Which, a very bad handler. You would think when it comes down like, to it. If a Strange kid who should not know any of these secrets calls you on behalf of the person you're supposed to be watching. You should be concerned. You should probably take the call at least. Right. Humor him for not a minute. Not just rule the kid out. Like Not just be like, hold on, I have bubble wrap to take care of. Yeah, it's it's like a Maui situation <laughs> when they go into the cave of monsters, whatever it is, and Moana goes flying off, and the rock just goes, well, she's dead. And <laughs> on. I feel like that's a lot like what happened here with Happy. Yeah. Like Ned's calling. Well, fuck it. <laughs> Gotta get my hook. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, I already lost one superhero tonight. I guess I better make sure all the Avenger stuff gets to the headquarters. <laughs> right. They're more or less paraphernalia because they're clearly not using this all-powerful stuff right now. <laughs> well, what did he say? It's like Tony's new Hulkbuster suit, yes. which Hulk is off planet, so he doesn't need it right now. Doesn't need it right now. It's Captain America's new prototype shield, but Cap is in hiding. Cap is in hiding. And it was uh, Thor's magic belt, but Thor is also off-world somewhere. So it, I mean, canonically they made it make sense, but sure, sure. Also, that's some serious shit to get your hands on. It if is you're some Adrian serious Toomes. shit to get your hands on. I'm kind of surprised and say, oh, and this is Black <laughs> Widow Stretch Armstrong doll from the '90s because she's feeling nostalgic and also it's all a stretch. Yeah. Oh, and this is the backup vision we keep just in case. <laughs> <laughs> we need something really powerful that doesn't affect the plots of other movies, so can we just... Yeah, no problem. You got it. I got some things. Spidey finds Tombs, who attempts to reason with Peter that he's only doing what he believes is necessary to support his family. But Which it turns like. out... It's great. 
Yeah. But he's just saying it as a distraction. Yes. And Toombs unleashes his wings in a whole Norman Osborn situation. Right. He's going to try to take out Peter with the vulture wings. And it's just flying around, taking all these pillars and whatnot. And Peter's feeling all cocksure again. Yep. And he's like, oh, well, you missed me. And he's like, I wasn't aiming for you. Yeah. Sorry, kid. <laughs> sorry, kid. And he ends up that all the pillars just knocked out, just fall on smart Peter here. Yeah. The, the ceiling- smartest kid in Midtown High <laughs> doesn't understand basic architecture. Right. He's of, like, oh, is that knock these things out? It's probably going to fall on you, bud. Yeah. The ceiling collapses on top of, of Peter and he's like- Oh no, I'm gonna die. Right. So a giant pile of debris falls on top of Spider Man. That's the worst amount of debris that could fall on somebody is a pile. A pile. I mean, it's it's okay if it's like a piece of debris. You That's probably fine. Can handle a piece. That's like on old Yankee Stadium, really. But a pile. On just like a Tuesday. It just ah, damn it. Oh, hit by history. Darn it. This is this is bad, <laughs> but <laughs> Tombs leaves him to die, and Peter struggles to lift the rubble off of him, and he's like, I don't think I can do this. Right, and then it's very reminiscent of Amazing Spider-Man 33. 33. The cover itself, and it's such a damn good cover. The whole book revolves around him struggling innerly with- Turmoil. Who am I? One of those things. Yeah. I really like that a lot. I like how they're bringing back these old classic covers, because we saw Amazing Spider-Man 50 in Spider-Man 2, when he throws the suit into- Yes. Into the, it wasn't Amazing Spider-Man 2. It was his proper Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2, when he throws the suit into the- Exactly. Yeah. He throws it into the, the garbage, garbage can. can. But here you get 33, which is probably an even more famous cover. Go check it out. It lands perfectly with this scene, especially. But I also like how we get a lot of weird hints back to the past. And I don't know if it's the canonical past or just the general acknowledgement of past Spider-Man in just history, if you will. Yeah. Because we do get the Ditko wings. We do. Which- disappear right around when John Romita Sr. starts strong after Ditko bails because him and Stanley did not get along at all. <laughs> but then they come back conveniently whenever they're necessary. Whenever yeah. people are like, I want to do Ditko now. Right. Here we are. Can we can we do an homage to Ditko real quick? Yeah. Put wings on that Spider-Man. But there is a weird throwback of Spider-Man lore that I want to talk about really quickly. And it's how Flash Thompson is driving to Homecoming with a girl in the car. And he says, I'm sorry that about dinner. But I know when yes. Branzino's fresh, and that was not, not fresh. fresh. Branzino. And I went, is that Gwen Stacy in the car with Flash Oh, Thompson? I didn't even think that. I thought they were just wink-dinging it at Spider-Man, I'm Amazing Spider-Man. I'm completely unsure, but that was my first thought was, what family is crazy enough to serve Branzino any time? And it's the Stacys the from Stacey's. Amazing Spider-Man, Andrew yeah. Garfield. and. Huh. It was just a weird moment there. Yeah. And he, you also get other weird throwbacks because you do have Betty Brant. Betty Brant is there. Uh, so is Cindy in, Moon. Right. She, uh, Betty Brant is the woman, the, the girl who's in the sh- real shitty version of the, the student show or whatever it is on the yeah, TV. Yeah, the, the announcements, the, the daily news announcements, right. whatever. It's so awkward and I actually want more of it it's every so, single time. Oh, man. It's so, they really lean in on, in Far From Home, too. They so. do. But it's so good how you have these throwbacks just yeah. all over the place there are so many wink dings in this movie that it's almost uncomfortable it is uncomfortable i love it <laughs> it's i un- absolutely love it it makes me so uncomfortable in the best way right nick yeah. fury would not be able to handle all the wink dings because he only has one eye and you definitely need two you need two to wink otherwise people just think you're blinking you're blinking exactly <laughs> <laughs> why does nick fury keep blinking at me like that <laughs> the plan's on motherfucker did he 
just blink? I don't. Fury, you need to do like a like a ding or something after you do that because I can't tell. <laughs> Will somebody put a freaking bell on him? <laughs> so Spider Man's laying underneath all this rubble, staring into a reflection of himself where his mask just happened to land. <laughs> and it looks very much like how they treat the spider sense in the comics all the time, where it's like a half Peter, half and half, half right. Spider Man face, and he's remembering Tony's words about how if you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve it. And he's like, all right, well, I got to be Spider-Man without the suit. And he summons all of his strength and he pulls himself while out of the While wearing a suit, right? Yeah. While wearing, well, it's not the real suit. It's, it's his homemade suit. Come on. It's a badass homemade suit, it's though. It's a great homemade it's suit. That, it's that it's Ben Riley. It's a suit Riley. nonetheless. Oh. But it's not what he meant. Whatever you say. He meant all the gadgets of the- of the Sure. The Stark suit. <laughs> He summons all of his strength and he he pulls himself out of the rubble and you're wrong. (laughs) I love this movie. I won't hide it. Yeah. But I can understand when things are uh, not adding up in my head, when things are a bit forced and oh boy. Keep going. This is great. This is a good time. He was wearing a sweatshirt. It's not a suit. That's a suit. As soon as you take the, the mask off, he's just a boy in a sweatshirt. A high schooler. Classic. Everybody knows that costume gives you so much strength. That's when I got all my strength that, in high school. That hoodie with no sleep. That's how Belichick does it. That's it. We figured it, it out. Did it. Did, that's right. <laughs> Important to note, past tense there. That's how Belichick did it. Exactly. <laughs> so Spidey gets out. No problem. He latches onto the vulture suit with his webs, which I thought he was out of earlier, but maybe not now. They really focus a lot on him throughout this movie. Of a do I don't I have webs? And yeah, it's it happens often, and it's really like when's it dramatically appropriate for me to have webs? Yeah, now perfect. All now right. no no. Oh gosh, the tension! Oh darn it! The shocker's gonna get me because I'm out of webs. Oh good, I have webs again in the next scene, even though I never refilled it. Right. Tombs is like, oh, this suit's got a lot of drag, and he looks behind him but doesn't see Spider-Man hanging off of him. Well, just because the tinker is just like, yeah, it's probably the new updates to the, the spinny flyer things yeah. or whatever. It's probably the new turbines, creating <laughs> drag. That's right. It can't be that you're literally dragging something. Don't look behind you. <laughs> How could he? What would he see? He would just see wings, big metal wings. He would just be the fur from his badass bomber it's jacket. so badass. <laughs> it's so cool. Michael Keaton is awesome in this movie. He absolutely is. So anyway, Vulture makes his way to the plane, which has this really cool LED camouflage technology that is going to be a lot of fun to play with in the coming scene. It sure will be. Tombs attaches himself at the bottom of the of the plane, and he creates a vacuum, which is a thing that he's been like against the whole movie. He's like, I don't want to do the vacuum thing. And now he's like, all right, let's do the vacuum let's thing. Let's do it. Now you have to. So now he set up his vacuum. He puts in his, his phasing beads or whatever they are. Sure. And he gets up onto the plane he looks around he's like oh this plane's got everything and i'm just a dude with two arms what do i take (laughs) (laughs) really didn't think about this no but it's for his family but it's for his family actually what happens is he goes to the the front of the plane and he redirects it somewhere like he's going to take all the stuff and then he like somehow hijacks it so the tracker because (laughs) we can't have a scene without a tracker we're not done the tracker has to show Happy that the plane's en route to where it's supposed to go. Correct. This movie is pretty much brought to you by proper Garmin. This <laughs> GPSs, how do they work? <laughs> but Spider-Man's there, and he's going to kick 
at the vacuum seal until he ruins everybody's what plans. What a hero. That's his whole move. He's like, I'm going to attach myself to the bottom of this plane and hold on for dear life, because if I don't, I die. Realistically, the only person who is upset about him kicking the vacuum seal, because everyone's like, you're kicking the wings? I don't understand. And David Oreck is sitting there going like, don't do it! <laughs> Stop kicking the vacuum seal, we you son of a bitch! <laughs> but he succeeds. He, he disrupts the vacuum and... And then Tombs is like, oh, I got to fight the Spider-Man. Why do I know the Oryx guy is David Oryx? I don't know. Is that just that many commercials from our childhood? Maybe. I had no idea his name was David. The pinky with the vacuum? I didn't know. I'm like disappointed in myself a little bit. Well, like, I don't know. You're a Dave. Maybe you just. We know our own? Yeah. You're like, oh, this guy with the vacuum. He's still alive. I Googled it. He's older than Rosemary Harris. Married to her, apparently. No, 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 he's not. (laughs) (laughs) This guy couldn't land her. Are you kidding? (laughs) <laughs> with all that orc money <laughs> I heard the guy sucks oh that's not what you want you still got a spouse I, I imagine a spouse is probably like 20 Mrs. Oric? yeah Mrs. Yeah. Oric. she's a relationship scientist oh I don't know what that means it means she's she's scientifically <laughs> figured out a way to steal all of his money <laughs> I'm a relationship scientist which means you need to die please I need your Soon. vacuum money <laughs> I need that vacuum empire <laughs> So Spidey foils oh, the plan. man. I can't even imagine that. You just have, like, Dick Dyson or whatever his name is just in the wings waiting. <laughs> Dick That Dyson. one I don't know. Just in case. He never did oh, a commercial, I don't think. Bill Dirt Devil, just in case. They <laughs> <laughs> have Jan Oreck and her sweet relationship <laughs> science waiting. Like, they're all going to die eventually, oh. and I'm going to take all their money. Just suck it up. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, Toombs gets back in his suit so he can fight Spider-Man on the plane. I tried to come up with a Hoover joke. I got nothing. Oh, I forgot about Hoover. Yeah, that's another one. Jay Edgar. I, yeah, well. Nope. It's not everyone else's fault. Why shouldn't <laughs> it be on mine? Clue. Go listen back. Oh, wow. What a great movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. I recently saw a meme on Twitter that somebody was like, take a movie and replace all the actors with Muppets except one. What would? Which one would you pick? And I was like, oh, Clue. Clue. Absolutely And, and you keep Tim Curry. And everybody else is a Muppet. I didn't know I needed that. Yeah. Who do you think is Mr. Body? Who do you take out Muppet-wise? Because I think it's Sam the Eagle. <laughs> I think Sam this the Eagle. This party stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because who would be the most likely one for you to believe is holding everybody else blackmailed? Holding them blackmailed. That's how you say it, right? <laughs> that's That's a turn of phrase. You could throw a twist in there and kill Kermit. Oh, nobody would see it coming. Nobody would. I like that. And obviously the Swedish chef gets killed because you have to kill the cook. You have to kill the cook. <laughs> you absolutely do. <laughs> and Fozzie's playing Mr. Green. Oh, I, I was going to say Gonzo for Mr. Green. You think so? Yeah. I think Fozzie's more of a Colonel Mustard. You know what? I agree. I didn't think I would, but I do. Yeah. And Miss Piggy's obviously Yvette. No. 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 No No, way. no, 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 no. She's- I would say Mrs. White because she's loud. Mrs. Mrs. White is, oh no, Mrs. Peacock is way louder. Oh God, there's a lot of ladies, and we don't have a lot of Miss Lady Piggy Muppets. could be. Any That's of the them. problem we should be worried about. It we is. don't have a lot of Lady Muppets. The question: Who is animal? I have a singing telegram. <laughs> yep, nailed it. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was a fun detour. I liked it. I liked it so much. <laughs> and now that's going to be on my mind the rest of this movie, and that's okay. That's fine. There are worse things. You to keep think talking about, about Spider Man. Okay, I'm you keep thinking about Muppet, Muppet Clue. Clue. Muppet Clue and Lego Airplane. We are 
We are just absolutely crushing it today in in remakes. Welcome back, man. <laughs> we needed that break. I we feel did. refreshed. Creative juices are flowing again. So during their whole fight, Spider-Man and the Vulture knock out basically every turbine on the on the plane. Right. They're knocking out engines left and they right. They turn into a glider. Basically. And the plane is crashing across New York. Like, it's coming down fast. And Spider-Man's like, mm, I remember physics again. And and he pulls on the wing with his web, and he steers it to crash on the beach of Coney Island. Because we haven't been to Brooklyn yet. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> That's the only reason why. Hey, what differentiates Brooklyn from everything else? I don't know. Uh, the cyclone? The cyclone. <laughs> <laughs> A guy with bottles on his fingers yelling for people to come out and play. That's, yes. That's the only thing. We can't show that. Nope. Dooms attempts to get away with the crate of arc reactors, but Spidey's like, hey, man, your suit has gone unstable. It's going to blow up. And Dooms is like, shut up, Spider-Man. Shut and up. He- I haven't gone through a metal detector <laughs> at the Washington Monument anytime soon, you <laughs> bastard. And he tries to fly away, but then, of course, the suit it blows, blows up. up. Of course. And he comes crashing down, and, and Spider-Man goes over, and he finds him, and he saves him. But then, of course, he ties him up and leaves him with the plane so happy and the police can find him, leading to his arrest. Exactly. He saves the day. At school the next day, Peter finds out that Liz is moving to Oregon with her mother while her father is on trial. And that is the fastest anybody has made plans to move. Yeah, no, it's not easy to move. And she's just like, it's been about eight hours. Yeah. Well, we got a place in Oregon. My dad was like, country. I don't want you to be here for the for the trials. So okay, you guys no should problem. move across the country tonight. <laughs> <laughs> she's still pretty upset with Peter, though, for leaving her at the dance. She's like, that was pretty she's fucked up. She's not that upset. No, she's mostly upset about her dad being arrested. Yeah. But she does say goodbye to Peter and hopes that he figures his shit out. Which is very Spider-Man appropriate. Because yes. that is like the ultimate, Peter, I hope you figure out whatever you're going through. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Now I'm going to leave. Until an arc is appropriate for me to come back to. Right. Until some sometime in the future, you need Liz Allen back. Exactly. <laughs> Peter is back on the decathlon team, and Michelle is made captain, and she mentions that her nickname with her friends is MJ. Do it. Do it. Yep. Peter gets a text to go to the bathroom, and Happy's there, and there's an awesome, awkward scene <laughs> where this kid comes out of the bathroom, and he washes his hands, and he looks at them like, what the hell are you guys doing as he walks? It's great. I love it. Uh, it's very good. Happy thanks Peter for what he did, and he tells Peter that Tony wants to see him. Like, see him at the Avengers headquarters in upstate New York. And very quickly, I want to plant a bit of a seed here. Oh, okay. And the seed is Peter Parker's t-shirt that he's wearing in what's happening here when he goes upstate. Yeah. The shirt says, it's like a cartoon thing, and it says, I lost an electron. And someone's saying, are you positive? Are you positive? I just want you to keep that in your brains for a while, for a long time. A long time. A long time. Okay. And it's going to raise a lot of questions down the road. All right. But just keep that. All keep right. that there. That nugget has been stored. Store it. And in classic Marvel fashion, we are not yet done with the movie. Why would we be? Tony and Happy bring Peter to the new Avengers headquarters, and Tony presents Peter with a brand new Spider-Man suit, telling him that there, there's reporters behind the wall waiting for a big announcement, implying that he's about to officially make Peter an Avenger. Right. He doesn't imply. He says it. He's he like, outright says it. It's Okay, yeah. And Peter's like, you know what? No, I think I prefer being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man for now. And then he starts to walk away. And then he turns around and he's like, this is a test, right? Did I pass? And Tony's like, yeah, yeah, kid. You got it. Good job. Absolutely, you got it. Good for you. Go to the car. I'm happy I'll meet you there. And then Tony, Tony's like, huh, the kid said no. And then Pepper 
for the first time in this movie, Gwyneth Paltrow, who didn't even not even remember she was in the movie <laughs> in later <laughs> interviews, comes out and she's like, where's the kid? I got a whole room of reporters over here ready for this. And they have to improvise some new news. So, of course, Happy has an engagement ring in his in his pocket. He's been carrying around since 2008. Uh, do it again. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, this is even better because it's actually Favreau. Yep. And then Pepper's like, I think I can think of something better. But it, the next time we see them, they are engaged. So I don't think they ever did. Anyway. I'm pretty sure they got engaged. Yeah. If not like... just for the camera, for real life. Yeah. So real fake life. Real fake not, life. Not real life at all. When Peter gets home, he finds a bag from Tony on his bed. Tony's returned the Spider-Man suit. And then I love this ending so damn much. Peter's like, oh, cool. My suit's back. And he immediately puts it on, door wide open, not realizing that Aunt May is standing right behind him, leading her to blurt out, what the f-? And that's a credits. credits. It is wonderful. It's so good. And that is almost, almost. Spider-Man Homecoming 2017. We get a mid-credits scene where Toombs is locked up on the raft and he runs into Gargan who mentions that he and other criminals are trying to come together to this kill This is the Spider-Man. part where he points to the neck tattoo. Yeah, he's like- Or whatever. He's like, hey, I don't know if you saw this earlier in the movie, but I got but this- But this is definitely a neck tattoo. I got this fist on my on my neck that I got tattooed there. It's a very heavy fist. That's right. <laughs> and it's in the shape of a scorpion. You've uh, seen fist scorpions. Of course we have. Gargan heard a rumor that Toombs knows who Spider-Man is. And Toombs is like, come on, man. If I knew who Spider-Man was, he'd already be dead. Which I love. He's great. Toombs is a great character a- in general because he is Deep. very honorable. Yes. If you want to really- Honor among lo- crooks. Right. It is. Because he does understand. He's like, Peter, you saved my, my daughter's life at the Washington Monument. And then Monument. he saved his life. And then he saved his life and he's paying it back. Yeah. Yeah, we're Which even, is kid. great because it does make me think like, no, he is actually doing all this stuff for his family. Right. It's great. It is. It's absolutely phenomenal. And it's it's one of those those Marvel villains that goes against everybody going like, Marvel villains are terrible. It's like, no, he's- No, he's, he's very deep. I like good. it. I like it quite a bit. And then we get a proper post-credit scene and it's Captain America doing another one of his PSAs. <laughs> talking about patience and how sometimes being patient leads to things that aren't really worth the wait after all. That right there. Is beautiful. Just, uh, man, I felt trolled as hell in the theater. I'll tell you that. Did you? Oh, yeah. I knew it was coming up, and I watched it again, and I just have a big smile on like, man, good for you. Good oh, for yeah. you, MCU. On rewatches, good I'm like, you, Feige. that was a good joke. It's a very good joke. first time I was like, you sons of bitches, you got me. <laughs> it got everybody. <laughs> and that is Spider-Man Homecoming for 2017. I love it. It's a great I movie. I absolutely love it. It is a great movie. There's so much wrong with it, and there's so much right with it. Yeah. But it's one of those that's just enjoyable as all hell. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you start thinking about things, yeah, it's incredibly convenient. There's a lot of convenience. I mean, for this, like, it's a very small contained plot to be happening in a very big world. It's, uh, you're not wrong, but they also are able to get out of that by saying, like, this is not at our pay grade, the Avengers style. That's true. So it's like, oh, good. You you wrote in your own ripcord pretty much for, for not being in yeah. this movie for everyone else. I mean, like, even the convenience of Peter seeing an explosion while he's on the roof at the party. Oh, no, it's there's heavy-handed as all hell, and we've proven <laughs> that with how many times we've Favreau saluted this That's thing. true. That's true. And I know one of our listeners, Oliver the Ricketts, he said that he hates this movie, but he likes to listen to people discuss it, so that's good, I guess. Sure. I get why people hate this movie. I very much get it. I understand it. It, it helps... Their argument that it's so different from every other Spider-Man movie. Like, they intentionally yeah. went in going, we're going to do Spider-Man totally different. Fuck your books. We're going to do this our way. 
Yeah, I, they understood. We're going to wing for the ding. Screen. We're going to wing ding in a lot of stuff, but the whole of the story, the core of it, is going to be unlike anything that's ever existed in the in the universe. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah, but I get it. I totally understand it. <laughs> I don't think anyone's wrong. No, in their opinion of this movie, they're which allowed is to tell an original story. I think with me is I'm able to disconnect so hard when it comes to this movie of one of those just suspension of disbelief things. Yeah, that until that boat splits in half. I hate it. I really, really don't like that at all. But I can get over it because it is a tense moment. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Just how unbelievable it is, though, which is the problem. It's whatever. I'm over it. Now I want a physicist to weigh in because I'm curious. I don't. Neil deGrasse Tyson ruins everything whenever he gets his fingers on whatever. (laughs) But what if he tells you, actually, yeah, that's exactly how a boat would would split in half in the middle of the ocean. He would never do that. No. I have a good feeling he would never do that. No. I'm able to get over a lot of the stuff in this movie just to make it enjoyable yeah. in my own head for the most part. Because it is an enjoyable movie Absolutely. when you get past the bullshit. But <laughs> there's a lot of bullshit. It's a bullshit-heavy movie. It is. It is. It, it leans heavily on a lot of convenience. But it's able to like camouflage the convenience. A lot of time. Yeah. Which might be uh, like a master show from John Watts or just the MCU in general. Or just, or just like, or a, just I love Spider Man. Damn it! Whoops! I lucked into <laughs> nobody caring about my fuck ups. It's a lot of fuck ups. And now I'm John Watts, and I'm gonna do all the Spider Man movies, and eventually a Fantastic Four, which I can't wait for. And those are all of my movies. That's it. That's that's all it's gonna be. This is a fun one. It is fun. I love this. It's movie. a good entry to the MCU. It does enough to advance where it needs to go. I think uh, yeah. where. It does advance is the emotional spot more than anything, not so much the story or anything canonical, Yeah, but it definitely builds a foundation emotionally for what is to come. For sure. In a big bad way, in fact. Yeah, yeah. Heavily leans on the emotional, yeah. Right. Rotten Tomatoes, 1 to 100. Where do you think it's going to fall? Oh, 85. Yeah, 92. Whoa. It is 87 audience score. Though. Okay, so I was low on that, both. I suppose. Roger Ebert did not see this movie, Why? mostly because he was uh, he was watching Lord of the Rings a marathon that weekend. So Naturally. he didn't even bother. Naturally. Those are long movies. Honestly? Didn't have time. Those movies would make me want to do what Roger did, too. What's, what's that mean? Die. Oh, I, oh got Watching it. those movies in all three in one sitting would make me want to also die. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're wrong, but. Yeah, I keep hearing that. <laughs> I keep telling you. I don't mind. <laughs> Michael O'Sullivan from the Washington Post did see this. He said, it's an authentic, refreshingly nerdy, and high-spirited reboot of the well-worn Marvel franchise. Yeah. Ty Byrne from the Boston Globe says, adolescent in all the right ways, limber, reckless, full of youthful brio and uncertainty. Yes. Exactly what the first two weren't. Right. And Robbie Collin from Daily Telegraph UK says... A little of the new Spider-Man went an exhilaratingly long way in Captain America Civil War last year. But a lot of him goes almost nowhere in this slack and spiritless solo escapade. You'd be hard-pressed to call this movie soulless. I think it's got a lot of soul to it. Yeah. I do think that a little bit of Spider-Man went a long way in Civil War. Oh, absolutely. And I do think that trying to flesh out the character was the right move. Yeah. But I do think it was forced. I, I mean, I agree. When you have six writers on a movie, you should should end up with a product that's a little more cohesive. You should. Less convenient. 
but that's somebody along the way should have been like this. Mm. This movie feels just like a puzzle piece more than anything. It doesn't feel like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies where those are their own. thing. Oh, absolutely. And then the Andrew Garfield movies are their own thing. Yeah. This felt like it was just like a a plug and play this is type thing. Definitely like a we need. This is wholly part of the MCU and probably doesn't work without it. I think you're right. I think more than anything, emotionally, yeah, it's the only reason this movie exists. The payoff is phenomenal. It's huge yeah. when it happens, but I get it. I kind of get it. I understand it. <laughs> I do. It doesn't take away from my love of this movie, Agreed. but I, I understand I, it. Yeah, exactly. People who don't understand this movie. The monsters. Yeah, they exist. Amazon.com. Oh, boy. This movie's got a 4.7 out of 5. This took up my whole afternoon. <laughs> Because there are 48,000 wow. ratings. 80% of them are five star. Only 1% are one star. Okay. That doesn't mean there's not 700 one star reviews to go through. That's so many. It was so many. That's insane. I thought I had it bad because I had to go through 260 in IMDb trivia. Nope. Facts, which nope. is way more I than I just there had to read is. a ton of negativity. Yeah. And I had to read the same, the same bad IMDb trivia facts like five times. Fair enough. <laughs> I've heard that people are trying to slip their own in there because I challenge people. Yeah, I've I've heard that, but I have yet to see one in real life. Unless send them in, send in your IMDb trivia facts. Don't tell us you did it. Right, Just slip it in there. Make it as dumb but believable as possible, and there's a chance Brian might pick it. Yeah, I mean, if I pick your IMDb trivia fact without knowing it, I don't know. I owe you a hug or something. Hi, big old high five. Yeah, I the don't biggest know. high five. Just. If you hear your IMDb trivia fact, <laughs> write in and say, I got you, Brian, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. First one I got is from December 25th, 2018. This is one I was telling you about earlier. The special effects may very well have been written by a three-year-old. <laughs> I don't. I have a three-year-old, and there's just nothing. They, they don't even know that things don't exist for the most part. Do you write special effects? No. I, well, yeah, you have to. Okay. But- I mean, my kid looks at a cartoon like Elsa and fucking Anna from Frozen. She's like, that's real. That snowman is talking to me. <laughs> this guy says, case in point, to even the simplest of minds. Nope. Spoiler alert. Oh, we need more of those in the world. The ferry would have sank instantly had it been cut in half as in footage, Spidey or no Spidey, to pull it back together with the strength of Superman. Some relationship with reality needs to be maintained in order to possess any tension to viewers. It has no staying power and becomes instantly irrelevant. Special effects departments and directors should be versed in basic physics and materials behavior <laughs> as well as psychology in order to make films that give viewers a sense of effort and enormity of pain or pleasure or what have you. Otherwise, it falls utterly flat and dull. So here's the thing. Yeah. Is that for a director in order to point a camera at a man and say action. They gotta have a fucking doctorate in all these things in order to make it work. Yeah, you have to. You have to be a physicist and a psychologist, and yeah. Most people <laughs> that I've worked with on film sets didn't even graduate goddamn high school, <laughs> and they're able to pull these things off successfully. Yeah, I think that you kind of gain your knowledge a lot of the time just from existing in the real world. Yeah, and talking to people. And going out and trying new things and not sitting behind your damn computer <laughs> typing up these asinine things, you fucking troll. Here's the thing. At least it was well written. 
He put thought into it briefly. <laughs> and I guarantee he went to like look at feet on OnlyFans or whatever <laughs> right after this. <laughs> All right. I said my piece about the boat. Now I got to go Let's look at Let's see some what feet. nail polish is going on today. <laughs> From March 6, 2019. I really enjoyed the movie and the quality is spectacular. Yep. The only complaint I have is that Tom Holland's name is not listed in the top three actors of the movie. I will change my one star to a five star once this is corrected. Oh, it's a protest. It's a, a protest. protest one star. It's like <laughs> Tom Holland deserves credit. I don't think anybody's saying that Tom Holland was bad in this movie, but it's his like third feature film. I looked at it and on Spider-Man Homecoming on Amazon.com. Yeah. What is he like? Second bill? <laughs> he is. Literally the only person listed where it says Spider-Man Homecoming by Tom Holland. Amazing. Amazing. Maybe protest better? Oh, he's third build or not even in the top three. He's first. He's first? It's not even not listed. He's first. He's the only. Seems like a good segue into this one for May 23rd, 2019. Not even Jason Momoa could save this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't even know what to do with that. Nope. I, I don't know what <laughs> that's you could a perfect review. That's a perfect it. review. If you're gonna do a one star, that's the way to do it. Wow. Not even. That's what Jason Momoa was known for. Saving movies. Saving movies. That's it. <laughs> From November 29th, 2019, we didn't watch this movie. Stopping within five to ten minutes. It wasn't what we expected. Please refund payment. The actors were adolescent, and we realized that this was a movie for youngsters. <laughs> we are over 70, and we're looking for the old adult version. The, <laughs> <laughs> the old adult version of Spider-Man. That's what we're looking for. We're over 70. This is just too damn young. Look, <laughs> as a 70-year-old, I prefer... The Tobey Maguire years, when you had a proper adult playing Spider-Man. 45 and older, please. <laughs> what does this even mean? I don't know. We prefer the adult Spider-Man movies. You know, like Spider-Man Triple X. <laughs> oh, no. If I can't go behind a curtain to get my Spider-Man in a video store, I'm not interested. <laughs> hey, where'd that web come from? From October 16th, 2017, the dress has that much technology? Really? <laughs> Was never able to correlate a spider bite making somebody invincible to that degree to not be crushed by buildings or solid materials, etc., etc., etc. The dress. The dress. I'm glad you picked up on that. Say yes to the spider dress. <laughs> it's a very strong dress, and it makes it so you get Spider-Man's... Literal first power he ever got, which was the strength of a spider. That's right. <laughs> the proportionate strength of a spider. But the dress. But the dress. I do think we need to talk about this dress. We just should talk a about the dress. Bit more. Our good buddy Micah asked us, taking into account only the first movie in each Spider Man series, because you gotta get really fucking specific for no reason. <laughs> of course, rank the costumes worst to best. Oh, Micah wants us to rank things. Of course he does. Weird. Strange. I like this costume. It's not my favorite. I like this costume too. I like that it was it's inspired by the Ditko suit. It sure is. It makes me very happy. Absolutely. I agree it's not my favorite. I ugh. here's the thing. If he hadn't said taking into account only the first one, 
Amazing Spider-Man 2. Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think the suit is great. I think it's perfect. Amazing Spider-Man, I don't like the suit. You don't like the yellow eyes. The, the yellow Scott eyes, eyes drive me insane. Yeah, I know that. And that's going to put it at the bottom of these three for me. All right. And then it's this suit. And then, of course, it's Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire wears the hell out of it, man. Over time, the, the silver spider webbing has grown on me. I agree. And someone who has a dad bod, man. Yes, please. <laughs> if Tobey Maguire were a Spider-Man suit, I think I could, too. And you're taller than... Andrew Garfield. I don't so. want to get there again. I, I I had literally just gotten over it, and now you're opening up old wounds. So thanks for that. All I'm saying is now you've got things on two Spider-Men. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> the last one that I have for this movie is from December 13th, 2017. There is not mask that you can wear, which was the only reason I purchased this version. Huh? I think they were expecting to get a Spider-Man mask that they can wear <laughs> while watching this movie. Why didn't the movie come with mask to wear with dress? <laughs> I I don't know what to tell you. That's, wow. These are very costume heavy. They sure are. Speaking of the mask, this is the first movie that has the, the eyes that actually dilate and whatnot. They do. Which is a really cool thing to include. I want to say it's because Deadpool did such a good job with their mask, that people were like, oh, we can actually bring the movement of the eyes in this. Oh, strange. You can actually elicit emotion via mask. And John Let's Watts- Let's do that. John Watts actually watched hours of Buster Keaton movies to get down the the expressionless but emoting stone face of the mask. And that uh, is brilliant. I love that a lot. Yeah. Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. Go back and watch like Sherlock Jr. or even The General or something like that. You're going to learn what- an actor used to be. Yeah. A proper actor. Proper comedy actor. He's, he's hysterical <laughs> and does his own stunts and damn it, they're very good. I just love that the eyes of this Spider-Man are based on Buster Keaton. Yeah, that's wild to me. That Amazing. is awesome and I love it. That's all the one stars I have. Let's give this thing a super stuff score. All now right. We're back to super stuff score. I got it right. You did it. You nailed it. First try. That's right. Um, Normally, this is a time where I'd say, but first, but in lieu of a Cape Podcasters Theater this week, I implore you to look up The Amazing Spider-Man number 25, published in July of 2019, because in it is Keaton Patty's Marvel-published Spider-Man comic that opens with a panel stating, we forced a bot to read every Spider-Man comic and then asked it to make its own Spider-Man comic. This is what it created. And it actually is a full, riddled-out comic book. Uh, I was going to transpose it for the audio medium, but then... I was like, it's our first episode back. I'm not trying to get burnt out already. Yeah, that's a good move. <laughs> uh, but it's very good. I love how Keaton Patty is just forced a bot to write everything. Yeah. And now he's just leaning into that. Leaning it's like, in. hey, you know what? Good for you. So Amazing Spider-Man number 25. It's on Marvel Unlimited. It's on Comixology and probably a whole bunch of other places. And yeah, check out his book since we're talking about him. I forced a bot to write this book. AI meets BS. Available wherever books are sold. And follow him on Twitter if you like laughing and fun. He's extremely funny. <laughs> Amazing. I am a big, big fan. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man number 25. It's a very good comic. I haven't read that one. I haven't read the, the new series. And it's mostly because I've been reading a lot of other stuff, like things lately. It's, sure. I mean, there's so much good out there. And that's why people, I've been harking on it in 2020. I said like, oh, there's no new content. It's like, eh, have you read a book? Have there's you, plenty have there. Have read a book? There's so much there there's in the comics that there's never been a lack of content. It's true. If you have read all of the books, then... Then there's a lack of content. Then, yeah, but... You absolutely should complain that. But you haven't. 
Nobody has. Nobody can. <laughs> it's impossible. There's, There's too so much. much. But yeah. Uh, oh, there is Spider-Man underneath a pile of rubble in, in Keaton Patty's bot comic. So there you go. I made it connect. You know what? Good enough for me. Let's give this thing a super stuff score. Story and motivation. The story of this isn't so much about Vulture and stopping this alien tech, but it is about should you have the suit or not? What right, are you without right. the suit? It's finding it's Iron Man 3. Who you are as a superhero. Exactly. Yeah. And since it is Iron Man 3, we've already seen it. That is fair. I'm going to go 0.5. It's still enjoyable. Yes. But we have very much seen this before. I agree. Only if movies ago, in fact, <laughs> within the same franchise. 0.5 it is. Hero. Saves the day. Saves the day. It's very low stakes, but that's by design. It is by design. Because if it was too high stakes, the Avengers would the get Avengers involved. The Avengers would get involved. But is that a fault within the MCU itself at this point? Because it does make it hard for these standalones to exist. And I do think that is a reason why a lot of people don't like Ant-Man and Doctor Strange, which they're wrong about. But <laughs> it is kind of a reason why. Yeah. I you, mean, you would think that, especially in Doctor Strange, that should be an Avengers level emergency. And it's not. Yeah. Yeah. You would think. But it's also in a in a separate world where the Avengers aren't really well versed when it comes to mysticism and whatnot. But it's not like they just like didn't check it out or something. They didn't. That's true. Do a recon on it. It's just that they don't exist. But that's yeah. Doctor Strange. That's Doctor Strange. <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> they we're talking about Spider Man here. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go again. Point five. Point probably. Five. It's. I mean, he saves it by convenience way too often. Yeah. He's, he gets very lucky a lot. He does, but luck, I get, is a big part of it. Yeah. I'm even debating going 0.25 for him. Oh, I wouldn't. But it's Spider-Man, and I, <laughs> not, I'm not crazy. I'm not an insane person. 0.5. Villains. You put an S. Well, that's just how it's written here. Fair enough. I'm going to go one. One. I think Vulture's great. He is a threat. Absolutely. There is that little twist, which who gives a damn about? I'm over it. Whatever. Uh, I do I like how he is doing all this for his family, which yes. is great. I like that he, he has he proper motivation, has his own nobility yeah. to his character. Yeah. How he understands, like, he has his own moral compass. Exactly. You saved my life. I'm not going to. You did me a solid. I'll here. do one for you. Exactly. Everybody I like it's that. one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm going to go one. One. I, I think, like him a lot. I think that's good. This is one's going to get interesting. Parents. Because in the movie, they never explicitly state anything about Peter Parker's parents. And we don't even get an Uncle Ben anything. We don't. I'm going to give it a zero. However. Uh, okay. They intentionally do that because of how many times we've gotten the the, the origin story in the past 13 years, as yeah, Feige yeah. says. And at this point, it's well known. Yeah, but I, I really appreciate how it's not a part of it at all. Yeah. But unfortunately for our super stuff score, I think it's going to have to pay. Here's the thing. We, Another here's the thing. We okay. know he doesn't have parents. We know that. It's got to be worth something. 0.25. Fine. Just to throw out a number to be worth something at all. Fine. Because it is part of the lore. The lore is kind of a backdrop here. It's definitely understood throughout the movie. Sure. If not explicitly stated. Fine. Good enough. Female characters. You got MJ. You got Liz. Liz. You got May. Yeah. They're all fine. Yeah. They are not extraordinary by any means. No. No. I, I like Liz. I like MJ. This thing I love in MJ. no way passes the Bechdel test. No. No, because... Uh, no. I'm going to go 0.25. They don't even try, no. for the most part. No. Pretty much May's whole thing is that she's hot. That's true. That's it. That's true. That's that's a problem. It is a problem. 
setting. We get all five boroughs. We get all five boroughs. Do we? I don't actually remember Manhattan, now that I think about it. And I don't remember the Bronx. They at least get mentions. And that's fine. Avengers Tower would be Manhattan. That's true. But the Bronx gets nothing. It's New York nonetheless. It's New York. I don't think we... Mm. It's tricky because it's like where they... The Queen stuff. I know that spot extremely well. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that is Queens. Yeah, there are scenes where I'm like, oh, this is so Insanely Queens. The Staten Island Ferry is very, very good. Because even after he gets back from the ferry and he's talking to Aunt May, and he's like, I lost the Stark internship. Yeah. And she's like, well, you need to shower. You smell like garbage. I'm like, Staten Island! Staten Island. Perfect! (laughs) Nailed it. I'm going to go one. It's New York. It's New York. Even though they filmed most of it in Atlanta, and they said it was like it was cheaper to rebuild New York and Atlanta than it was to shoot in New York. I'll believe it at this point. It checks out. But no, it, it feels very New York. I think one is appropriate. Style and tone. It doesn't feel like any other Spider-Man movie we've no. ever seen. No, not at all. But is that a good thing? It's fun as hell. It is a lot of fun. So I feel like on some level they got it right. And to be unique with that kind of storyline and still make it entertaining and fun is worth something. I'm going to go 0.75. Okay. I don't think it goes a full-blown one, because I do think it leans on the style and tone of the MCU a of lot course. as the backdrop. Yeah. But it's very good. Yeah. 0.75 is appropriate. Music. What's his name now? Michael <laughs> fucking Giacchino. You look like you wanted to throw up saying that. Giacchino. <laughs> you know. The guy we know from a whole bunch of Pixar and Star Trek movies, Disney amusement park rides, a buttload of Medal of Honor and Call that of Duty guy. games, and just a metric fuck ton of movies where he continuously crushes it. I want to go a point two five for the fanfare cover alone. Alone, the yes. Spider-Man theme. And the rest of it's fine. It's, it's pretty good. It's appropriate. It's never jarring. No, I'm going to go point five. I think it's good enough. I am kind of leaning point seven five, but- Point five doesn't feel wrong. Let's go with the not feel wrong of it then. All right. It's a dirty point five. Fair enough. <laughs> One-liners. There's not a ton. There's not a lot. There's some quippy things thrown I mean, about. Obviously. I mean, this is- Spider-Man movie. This is Spider-Man. He's quipping it up. He's pretty hard. Quippy as hell. It's annoying, though, sometimes. <sighs> because Tom Holland's voice is a little on the, the higher pitch- range sure and i don't care for that he's a child he is a child i think my favorite quippiness comes from andrew garfield though whenever he has the suit on yeah because i think he nails it he's a great spider-man he is but tom holland is very well-rounded tom holland has that balance down he really does he's believable as both but but as far as one-liners go it's pretty empty penis parker that's flash and it's fine it's fine and it's very gen z but you also get like stuff like Ned when he gets caught as the guy in the chair in the library. Yep. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like looking at porn. Porn. And I had to stretch myself to even remember that line. <laughs> I'm going to go zero. Zero. There's not a lot here at all. Okay. There's not a whole lot memorable. That hurts. I know it does. That hurts. And I like this movie There's a lot. There's got to be something that we're missing. Well, I mean, But the fact that we're missing it is The fact that we're missing it is there, but it's also the same shit from Iron Man 3 again. If you're nothing without the suit, then you're nothing, more or less. Yeah. Like, that's the whole Iron Man. That's the message thing. of Iron Man 3, but it's never explicitly stated. Well, that's called subtext. Yeah. I don't it's, know, man. It is explicitly stated in Avengers, though, when, when yes, Tony it is. and Cap are fighting. It very much is. <laughs> yeah, no, zero for yeah, one-liners. I got nothing. I, I, 
I'm hard. The closest I got to a one-liner in this is a meme, and it's Cap, and it's the so point two five point two five for so because we said it in unison, so it has to be. A <laughs> it's got to be something then. <laughs> All right, final category: impact on the genre. I mean, it's it's large. It's, it's enormous because we're talking about Sony and Marvel Studios coming together with the help of North Korea, with the help of North <laughs> with. with a, a little bit of a nudge from Kim Jong Un. <laughs> it's huge. I mean, it is it's huge, unprecedented, and, and it's set emotionally, up it is so probably much. the biggest impact of a future film when it actually hits. Yeah, yeah, it's very big, and then it gets forced all over again in another future film <laughs> again. So, I would say the impact for this one. Let's go one. I think and it's call a two, it a day. Actually. I think you're wrong. No way. No way. I do think you're wrong. Tell me another time that two studios, one that owned the rights and one and one produced it, and they were like, let's let's do this, get it together. And then it went on for at least four more movies. Five, but six movies. But it became a whole thing about how they couldn't even get it back. So and you're then saying, they eventually did get so it back. So you're saying when something becomes a whole thing, it's not an impact. But it became more of a fan-driven anything. I mean, it impacted the fans the same way that North Korea did, where they forced them to put them together the first time. It pretty much galvanized the fan base to come back once Sony said, like, we don't want to do this again. We want to have our own thing again. Like, I don't think that this has the impact as much as the fans had the impact on the way that the direction of this franchise goes. I think if this movie had been worse, the fans wouldn't have cared. So obvious. So it definitely falls on this movie then. I think the fans very much cared because they started complaining after Far From Home came out. And a lot of people don't like Far From Home. Sure. So I don't think the impact of this is fairly large. I think they're just happy to have Spider-Man in general. But they would have Spider-Man regardless, just not part of the MCU. Right, but the MCU Which is, what this is movie the did. whole thing. Okay, you know what? We'll, uh, I'll go one five. I'll settle All right. with you on that one because right. it is very big for what's coming up. But I do think that the fans have the bigger impact on the direction that Spider-Man goes. Maybe. I don't know. And that's the whole thing we've talked about, is who actually owns the character or the story at that point. We've talked about this a number of times. Yeah. And I very much think it's the fans here for this character because it is split studio. I don't think the fans have anything to do with Thor. I don't think the fans have anything to do with Iron Man. But because there's some sort of contract dispute between Sony and Marvel, I think that's fans a stretch. decide to dive on board on this I thing. think that's a stretch. Why? To say that fans don't have an effect on Thor or Iron Man, because I think Thor would have done it three if people didn't receive Ragnarok as well as they did. I think there wouldn't still be rumors flying around about, oh, Robert Downey Jr. might come back if it wasn't for fans. So I think to say that it's a uniquely Spider-Man this thing one is, is, I'm, in, I'm not saying it's unique. I'm saying that... It is more aggressive than any of the other characters. But that's because it's such a, a different scenario. Because for some reason, the fans need to care about contracts. And that's frustrating. Yeah. To put it lightly. It is fans frustrating. Fans shouldn't have to worry about that. What they should do is sit your ass down in the seat and watch, watch what's the on the flickering screen in front of you and yeah. enjoy the fucking movie. Right. They shouldn't have to worry about this shit in the background. They don't have to, though. Because but they do. The whole but they was, all do. Sony was strong-arming the whole time. It wasn't even... It wasn't the fans. Sony wasn't strong-arming. Ike Perlmutter, whatever his name is, he was strong-arming Sony. And then once North Korea got their hands on the hacks and enforced it along, he was the one who backed down and said, okay, let's do a 50-50. But it was never 50-50. It never got to that point. But the thing is, is that... None of this would have happened if the fans didn't step in. Marvel only made 5% on the first three movies. That was back then. I'm talking about into the MCU. No, 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 no. The MCU movies, 
Feige didn't even get a paycheck as as executive producer. So you're saying that Civil War, Homecoming, and Far From Home. Yes, five percent. Five percent to Good Marvel Studios. Good on Sony. Okay, I you know I fully side with Sony on this. It's their property. I I fully yeah. side with. Of that. course, of course. I think the fans have the bigger impact on this character than the character has on the MCU, and I will stand by it. All right. I'm still going to go one five. Agree to disagree. That's fine. The total score for Spider-Man Homecoming (laughs) is a too low six. That is too low. Yeah. I was expecting an eight. No, it's it's, it's a six. Okay. Here we are. There it is. We did it. I like the movie a lot. I do too. Don't get me wrong. I do too. I can see the faults and the flaws and everything, but as a fan, I don't want to be worrying about contracts. You don't have to. But you kind of do at the same time because you want to continue this journey with this character. Right, because it's so good. Be- exactly. Because then that's an impact. That's all I'm saying. I think that the off screen is more important than the on screen when it comes to this character, unfortunately. It became more important. It became, but at this point, this is still the beginning. It hasn't become that yet. So it's on the movie. It's not on the fans yet. Two, fix it. Thank you. Far from home, we're going to have a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, far from home, the impact <laughs> on the genre is going to be very different, probably. <laughs> So we got it up to a six and a half. Still too low. Still too low. <laughs> Glad we're in agreement. <laughs> so during our time off, we got a couple emails. Well, that's good. Yeah. It's been a while. I hope we get something. It, it, isn't it nice to come back to messages? No. That's why I left. <laughs> <laughs> we got two, and uh, we might as well just get right into them. Okay. The first one comes from Jeff Miners. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Dave and Brian. Look at that. You already greeted him, and he then greeted we did you. That's... I beat him to it, though, really. That's rude on his part. I mean, he sent it a while ago. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Brian's making Jeff look bad. That's with his slow reading. I hadn't even started. He says, love the show. You guys are a huge laugh. I want to thank you for making my day more enjoyable. My suggestion for future episodes are The Shadow, starring Alec Baldwin. <laughs> That's a good one. And The Phantom, starring Billy Zane. That's a better one. Wow. All right. Both are very much superheroes, and I think you guys would have fun reviewing them. The Shadow, I think, is objectively better, but I love them both. <laughs> All right. Keep up the great work. Cthusiast Jeff Miners of Tadpog fame. Jeff, thanks, bud. Thanks I promise the you they are both on the Ebert list, and if Ebert picks them, awesome. If not, we got you. Oh, we should be finding that out later well, tonight, huh? Oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, either way, I think we should plug one of those in for Jeff. I think it's a good idea. rather than later. If Easy it doesn't come up do. on the Ebert. Yeah, if it doesn't come up tonight. <laughs> We'll, f- we'll figure out a place right. to slot it in. Right. Give the jawless wonder his due, at least. A chance to pick that <laughs> before we get there. Why taunt him before he picks? Why do it? I don't it? care. I don't care anymore. He can't hurt me anymore. Careful. There's I'm still really so many movies. throwing it out there. <laughs> the second email comes from Michael P.S. Warren. Hi, Michael. Title of the email is No Break Lights. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, guys. I love this month of Edgar Wright films. In the episode on Baby Driver, you were pondering how you could drive with no brake lights. The answer, the emergency brake. When you use that, the taillights don't come on. I don't recommend doing it, as it takes some type of skills to be successful, and I think it wears out the brakes faster. All that, very valid. But I do believe... Do, 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 do. <laughs> I do believe in his, his monologue while he's writing on the, on the chalkboard, Kevin Spacey says he actually deactivated the brake lights somehow. I'll believe you. So... I didn't dive too deep into it, Brian, because I was too busy enjoying it. No headlights, deactivated brake lights, 130 on I-85. And while I was squawking, I drew a whole map. Now, that's fucking impressive. That's such a good line from that movie. (laughs) Anyways, I should probably ask a question. All right. Wed 
bed oh, behead. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Simon Pegg's characters from the Cornetto trilogy. Now, there was a really deep part of me <laughs> That's that a good was question. hoping he was going to ask, the way you worded it was, a wed bed behead like orgy, where it'd be like Simon Pegg's characters, Nick Frost's characters. Oh, oh that <laughs> would be fun Rape too. Rape Spall's characters or whatever he's oh, in all boy. those two. If we go with Simon Pegg's characters, we have Sean. Yep. From Shaun of the Dead. Correct. We have Nick Angel from Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. And we have Gary King from The World's End. Gary fucking King. I'm going to kick this one off. Okay. I am absolutely going to marry Sean. Yes, of course. Absolutely. Of course. I mean, by the end of that movie, he's a changed man. Right. And I'm also going to put one of those things on the doors that makes it close on its own after, because I just don't trust him. That's absolutely what you should do. I'm going to bed Sergeant Angel. Yes. Mostly because I think Gary King is carrying something. Probably. That he picked up in the Disabled. Exactly. <laughs> I think you nailed it. Thanks for writing in, Michael. Thanks for the, the information and the wed bed behead. Always love those. Yeah, they're the best. We got two this episode. I love it. Fun. Uh, what I don't love is what's about to happen next. What's happening now? Because Roger Ebert needs to tell us what we're watching next week. He sure does. The ghost of Roger Ebert. He is reaching down his ghost finger and putting it on our Ouija board. That could have gone It could have. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't. It's very innocent. Ouija board. Just Mr. Ebert doing his thing. And he's picking a movie, and it looks like it's going to be... You got it? Oh. 1998's The Mask of Zorro. <laughs> okay. Directed by Martin Campbell? Directed by Martin Lantern Campbell. fame? Yeah. That shouldn't have stuck in there from when we watched Green Lantern. <laughs> no. No, nothing should have stuck. I know why it did. Stuck. It's because he did a golden eye, and it was awesome. And that's oh, okay. why his name sticks in my head all the time. Well, he also did a Zorro with... Yes, he did. The An- Mask of. Antonio Banderas and... Others. Anthony Hopkins. That's right. I've seen it. I don't remember anything about it. I have never seen it because Zora's never been my thing, but I'm very curious. I'm really curious to talk about this one. It's been on the list for a while. Catherine Zeta-Jones? Yeah, she's in there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch it. It's like going back to when Harry and Sally go listen to Patreon. Meow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Go listen to Patreon. That's such a good episode. It really is. (laughs) Mask of Zorro, next week. Until then, rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're using. Right, if you're here, you found a podcast platform that works for you. Now just go hit that like or subscribe button. Exactly. Help us out. Do the thing. Do rate. the thing. Give us five stars. Do it. We I- dare you to. Nice. And then head over to capepodcasters.com and follow the links to follow us on all of our social media and check out the Super Stuff store and go to our Patreon and all that fun stuff. It's all stuff. there. You can go look at our guest profiles that are too. Some fun stuff written about them. Yeah. Yeah. All sorts of fun shenanigans happen on capepodcasters.com. That's right. You got anything else? That's going to do it for me. All right. I guess we're going to see you guys next week for the Mask of Zorro. Same pod time. Same pod. The whip. Hi, I'm Captain America, here to talk to you about one of the most valuable traits a soldier or student can have, patience. Sometimes patience is the key to victory. Sometimes it leads to very little, and it seems like it's not worth it. And you wonder, 
why you waited so long for something so disappointing. How many more of these? <laughs>